This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 171. The 100% first annual Prophecy of Kings faction tier list, but it's not a tier list, it's a hootenanny, and it is infallible and perfect, hashtag nailed it. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter, I think we have to stop using hashtag nailed it because there's a Netflix show called Nailed It and we keep giving them free buzz on Twitter, you know? Can't give out that free buzz. We got to charge for that. Yeah, well, actually, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but they're actually giving free buzz to us. Um, <laughs> more people are finding our show through the Netflix uh-huh. show Nailed It than ever. Like, right. we've got people, our numbers are off the charts because we're getting Netflix people coming in listening to our show and they think they're watching netflix yep. so many comments what is this this isn't a hamburger wait a second <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, is this what hunter is, what is this today this isn't we just said it's not oh, a you just want to get right to business I don't you don't know. Wanna, you what, don't what else around anymore you, what do we you're just I, like what is this you just what? right away you want to get to the meat you I don't mean, hang out with your I friend. don't know if any of it's meat, Hunter. I think today it's all it's all God, can you just chill for a second? <laughs> Jesus. Just calm down. Like get 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 off the driver's seat. Just sit in the passenger seat with me. Let's share the passenger seat. All We've right? been on a hot streak of just like gotta call it gotta nail it right perfect science flagships base game tier list and now we're digging into i mean it's like when are we gonna stop hunter all we do anymore we are we are the buzzfeed of twilight imperium only with perfect science every single time well we're let's be real we're buying ourselves time to (laughs) study up Uh you know uh and while we're buying ourselves time to study up our our way of buying that time is to just pretend we're already experts. Yep. Yep. And we baffle them with all of our just kind of dramatic, you know, our, our just like right. this is this way, this is that way. But in you know, in reality, we're kind of like being like, okay, we don't really know yet. Yeah. Well, and like it's on brand. It's it's sort of a necessity of the show that we make a bunch of calls right now, so that in a year from now we can just redo all of the same episodes because we can be like, well, we were wrong a year ago. We have to do it again. So right now is when we like have to put things in stone so that we can correct them later. Yeah, Even though that's right true. now they're perfect and right and and that's and the only way we know how to do it. Is it as long as we're wrong the first time, then we could be right the second time. Right. And also we get all the juice of being so wrong that, you know, everyone can talk about how wrong we are. <laughs> and that's like fun. And they enjoy You all that. don't know and how much we've lured you in with our bad takes. That's just more oh, we comments, love baby. We'd love that. <laughs> we're not the way this show works is me and Matt are not the right people for this job, but we're doing it anyways. That's the whole idea. You know? We're really not, you know? Like yeah. it should be should be somebody else. Should be with Alec a lot and Magi of, or something. Yeah, with a lot of know how and, yeah. and, and they do it. Yeah. You know, but instead it's like these two bumpkins. Right. You know? And occasionally EJ and Lord knows he doesn't help the situation. Oh my any. God. EJ, <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Okay. <laughs> and yet he gets to be a big part of the show, you know, with no real right 
to be have anything to do with anything you know what i mean <laughs> that's how i feel now don't tell ej and obviously no, he no doesn't listen EJ. to the show he's never gonna hear this yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. you know mad shade throw it at that guy I, I hear him say stuff and i'll just be like wow it just like passes through me yeah what is the structure of this thing that we're doing today? Because it well, is. Well, I wanted to start off. So, so first of all, uh, root tournament signups are yes. almost full. You Basically can't give me a straight full. answer. It's tough. Oh, it, <laughs> we're recording this on Saturday, where there's three spots left. So I can't tell you that there's going to be spots left on Tuesday when this comes all right, out. All right, all right. So there is maybe a spot left, Message but me. likely there isn't. Yeah. So Matt, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know if there's spots. Is there gonna be a is there gonna be a wait list? For I mean, the there's a wait list. You can still get in on it, and who knows if people will drop? That's entire. I I'll say this much: looking at the the roster of who's in this, there are some people where I'm like, I didn't know you play root. You might not play root. You might think this is the Twilight Imperium tournament. <laughs> we might have a number of drops coming our way. There's no way to know. So I'm gonna say this much: the wait list may be a decent bet to still get into this tournament. Good, it's very good. confusing the timing of everything we've decided to do right now, but. It is. Yeah, just one after the other. Yeah, that's a little weird. It's a little weird. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a nightmare, obviously, when we get into next year. But what it's a nightmare we've elected to to be a part of. Um, So what we're doing today, Matt, um, welcome to the show, Matt. I'm Hunter, host of Space Gas Beast Turtles (laughs) with my permanent guest, uh, Matthew. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Hunter. It's great to to have you. you again. So this year we are uh, we, you know, Prophecy of Kings uh just has come out actually that's not really true but it hasn't been out for very long we are going to go ahead and call with 100 percent accurate yep. accuracy 100 yep. percent accurate call right that this is how all the pok factions stack up against each other now we were going to do a tier list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's too simple yeah and Frankly, we've done that before. And it's, it's not boring. rigorous enough. We've developed a new, yeah. more rigorous method to achieve these ends. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, basically, we be in the spirit of last week's tournament, we're doing basically a faction tournament. Um, but this is, you know, th- this is not us rolling dice and just seeing anecdotally what happens, even though last right. week's was also perfect science. This is even more perfect science. Uh, we are going to just sort of ruminate on different factions as they get head to head. Some would call it opinion, yeah. but not no. us. No, no, no. Uh, so what we're doing is we have created a uh, sort of pecking order for what do you call it? I'm stupid. I'm a stupid person that doesn't know what those numbers are. When you do the uh, when so we... so so we took all 24 factions and we gave them a seed right, a ranking yep. so that we could put them all into now you'd a think we could have stopped bracket. at the seed ranking right we could have just presented you with our seed ranking that's dumb that's, that's stupid so that doesn't dumb. make any sense we definitely did not do that like three episodes ago with our base game factions but no, we're def- that, no. that, 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 that's a stupid way to do things we no, need that a seed is just to provide a tournament now yeah. I, I am decanonizing <laughs> i am like disney and i just bought uh space cats peace turtles uh-huh. and i'm getting rid of that aspect of the canon <laughs> So we, we have created a, a seed. We did a tournament the correct way as opposed to how we did it in the flagship. There will not be a three-team runoff in the end. We have had eight factions that get a bye to round two. So our first round is the bottom 16 seeded factions that will go head-to-head against each other, and we will see who reigns supreme. Now, through this method, we will develop what looks like what? One, two, three, four, five six tiers there will be six tiers in our tier list and the tier list is literally just who survives each round 
right. who doesn't doesn't. Well, so actually, the, it's it's who doesn't survive. It's specifically, each round. who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. There will be an um, S plus tier, an S tier, an A tier, B tier, C tier, and then a D tier. I guess. Yeah. Even though the D tier is going to be huge, and it's going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> the D tier is going to be gigantic because this is how we've decided to do it. Um, so obviously, this is a great idea. I love it. No feedback is welcome, but. <laughs> Uh, we decided to do it because the tier list uh, itself just seemed like it seemed nice. like we weren't going to get enough specific discussion yeah. of these factions, and we right. thought it might be fun to kind of have them go head to head and talk about you know the differences between them because we don't know. I mean, obviously we know everything, but we don't know everything yet yeah. about all of these factions. It's so it might be interesting to, to just talk about what we do know. Up against each other and go, which of these would win if they were in a game against each other more yes. likely? And we in a one v one environment, yeah. which one wins? Yeah. Um, so this is our faction hoot nanny. Hunter, are you ready to start the hoot nanny? Yes. I, I just want to remind everybody so that it's not too confusing. The top eight seeds already oh. get to go to round two. Yep. So each of these matches is going to decide uh which faction goes up against one of the top eight right. in round two. So right. so you're not going to hear every faction in round one because some of them, and I won't reveal which ones, some of them have already gotten to round two because that's mm -hmm. the structure of a 24-person tournament right. that we have right. uh, elected to do. But yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do round one. All right. First up, we have seed 16 versus seed 17. So the middle of the pack here, this this is we're gonna start with probably the most difficult one to do in theory, based on how right. seeds work. We right. have the Mahawk Gene Sorcerers in seed sixteen versus the Sardak Nor in seed seventeen. These two are right yeah. up against each other in terms of yeah. their quality. Uh, I, I'm curious, Hunter, what's just your hot what's your what's your hot and cold take right off the bat? Right. So uh, my hot my well, I don't have a cold take. All my takes are hot. But yeah. um my hot take right now is that uh sardak nor is a more uh reliable faction in pok um gomsekis the uh the commander um is a beautiful addition to the uh to the sardak nor um that works uh that works to make their early and uh mid game actually it doesn't work with the early game but it definitely makes their mid game shine a lot more they got a little bit of help on the early game with their agent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously, Sardak Noor is one of my favorite factions, if not my favorite faction. Right. However, that all being said, Mahakt has abilities that I think we are going to see evolve and change uh, over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's going to take a while for people to actually get used to Mahakt. And one of the key things that the Mahakt do that is so exciting to me is they break one of i would say the cardinal rules yep. of ti which is that they get to uh after activating uh, a space they can activate it again and remove the command counter which right. gives gives them so much weird late game possibilities yeah um so right now even though it breaks my heart i'm gonna have to say i'm leaning my hot. Yeah, I want. I would want to push against Mahawk because, like, I can look at their abilities and think of ways where they're not as impactful um, throughout the game. Because it's like it takes a lot of work to get the Mahawk engine working, and and the idea yeah. that their commander is like, oh, I'm gonna unactivate all my stuff. It's like, okay, well, you better have a pretty 
killer command counter economy. But we're talking about a situation where it's the last round of the game and you've planned for this. You save sure. up. For, well, it, it, when we get into good Mahawk play, it's going to be people that know that this commander and, and uh, hero are at their disposal and they will plan for it and make pretty impenetrable final round plays. Well, um, let's but let's tools. let's remember though this is this is a one v one. Yeah. So you're talking about a rough start. Uh, it's not like the Sardax start has gone from being like bad to amazing. It's right. gone to bad to being like okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean the the agent they got here. I'll just read you the agent real quick. Uh, to row, um, it allows them to get two infantry from the reinforcements on a planet they control in the active system, so they can get some extra infantry. Well, just so you know. They weren't really hurting for infantry. No, that right. wasn't really... People weren't itching to fight uh, Sardak over a planet round one or two. People weren't yeah. fishing for those battles, and now they definitely aren't. But yeah, it doesn't specifically lend anything to the Sardak nor to have that. And yeah, I agree. If we're talking about two factions that are a little bit trickier to get off the ground, the late game potential of Mahawk definitely soars above the Sardak nor. I, I don't know that I feel that it's definite at this point, mm -hmm. um, but... I think the potential is a little more of an unknown versus like, you know, it, it is really exciting that it, it feels like Exo Trireme 2 because of, um, you know, the ability. Uh, what, what is what is the new tech that helps with tech or with a, with a tech path so much now? Um, uh, AI dev. I mean, AI, AI dev. dev and psychoarchaeology both like give much more access to skipping texts. So both with right. both of those being present. Sardak has multiple options to not waste their time with bad tech, right? If they don't want to, and I and I believe that that red blue um, with Exo Trireme two is gonna be a pretty solid yeah. uh, foundation for uh, for Sardak Nor. But I don't know that that really trumps. I don't know stuff like, I mean, just the the commander yeah. for um, the Mahakt is so crazy good during your tactical yeah. action you can activate systems that contain your command tokens if you do return both command tokens to your reinforcements at the end of your turn that's insane the hero ability that they have is completely insane yeah whereas the sardak hero ability while pretty good is uh not doing the, the same game changing not stuff not doing the same thing does. the yeah. the sardak hero is like you 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 can skip directly to ground combat Basically, you yeah. can like send a bunch of infantry. At but that comes a at a major cost to you. You're, you're losing all the ships in the space when you do that. You're you're nuking your ships in an effort to take a planet, which is cool, but like better that better be the thing you needed. Whereas Benediction right. is just like I for free completely ruin two other people's games and and yes. then swoop in after. Yes. So in that way, I I, I really think I gotta give it. Yeah. to Mahawk, but you but you're kind of so we're kind of already at an impasse right no no i, I don't think we're at an impasse i i wanted to give the argument against Mahawk, but i'm not I, I wanted to bring it up so that it could then be kind of shown that it is not enough to push them away i i, I think Mahawk does move on um and it's just sad to see sardak got a lot of improvements that in theory would put them above what we would call a bottom tier but right. with this matchup it just doesn't it, it didn't quite help them enough um so they they stay just barely below so apologies to the Sardak Nor. You you're you're the little engine that could, and you tried so hard, but you didn't quite get there. We have to move on without you. Mahawk Gene Sorcerer's advances to round two. All right. Next up, we have Seed Nine, the Winu, versus Ooh. Seed Twenty Four, 
the Arborec. <laughs> so this is the top and bottom of this round. Uh, it really goes without saying that we 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 know we know who doesn't make it. Um, right, but let's uh, let's let's give Arborek a little. Yeah, a, a I want to talk do. about Winu more later. We're going to talk about them in a future round. So I'd like to do the besties thing where we're just kind of like, you know what? We don't need to talk about Winu at length. Right. Winu got real good. I mean, what's interesting to at least talk about is they were the two bottom tier factions, and Winu got a lot of really good improvements, and Arborek got the access to more production without any economic benefit except for the agent, which is like the equivalent of two resources around. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, it's a so, little so, bit better than that, but not much. Right. I'll, I'll read you the agent real quick. So it's an uh, action, which is good. Um, but you exhaust it, and then you can uh, basically choose one of your uh, non-fighter ships, and you can replace uh, that ship with one from your reinforcements that costs up to two more than the replaced ship. Yeah. So you're not going to use that on a carrier, right? Right. You're not going to get some, like, early dread. That would be a little bit silly. Although I guess you could um it's gonna be getting you your your carrier right. your second carrier this helps arborex round one which was a major problem for them but it is certainly not enough to i mean you can even still have issues round one even with this with this totally. agent because the timing of tech and warfare can still mess with you in ways that are not conducive to this ability this ability is like a little bit slow and it, it's just weird and and so it it none of it does enough and then their their commander and their hero are both just the ability to produce but we gave arborek no economic engines to produce with like compare it to the hakan hero where it's like produce a bunch of stuff for free that that yeah. should have been arborek's hero is like okay you know all that production that matters you can do it without spending a single dollar that, yeah, that would I, be impactful for Arborek. But what they got is like, well, I hope that you got the money to afford all the stuff you would like to build because otherwise you're probably building a carrier and some infantry and some fighters and that's about it. Honestly, the best thing that Arborek has gotten is Omega Stymie. That is, right. that is in my opinion, the, yeah. the best thing they have access to because it is it is a promissory note that, that people would actually like to buy from you. Yep. However, it doesn't have that kind of research agreement quality where you can imagine it being bought over and over and over. You kind of get your one right. go of it with, uh, with yeah. the... I'll, I'll give some credit to their mechs too. Their mechs are cool, but they got the weird issue of Majin got changed after we solved their mech. Like their mechs were supposed to work with old Majin and do this crazy thing of, of they have planetary shield, which means they can pop Majin on the offense, which old Majin couldn't do, and then we got mm -hmm. rid of that. We changed Majin. It still is a little bit decent with Majin, uh, or actually, it's not, Majin works with structures now, and your your mechs aren't structures, so it's like it went completely against the purpose of right sort of what the mech was supposed to do. So so they lost on that front. They, it's it's just none of it really pans out, and I think they are still. I mean, they're the final seed. I think they are still the worst faction in the game. Even though they got some some good improvements, it's just not anywhere close to what everybody else got to improve themselves. Yep, yep. Well, that's. I, I mean, I I I think I think that's enough discussion there. Yeah. Winu moves on. Arborek, um, better luck when we know more about the game. So yeah, who knows how that definitely. will play out. All right. So next matchup is Seed Thirteen, the Embers of Muat versus Seed Twenty. The Empyrean. Mm, this yeah. one? This is going to be trickier. This is going to be a lot trickier. 
Oh, um, not for me, it isn't. Well, I mean, what's funny about this whole thing is we've already seeded these out. I, we kind of already know how we rank them up against each other, but let's talk through it. So why is Muat higher? Muat got some cool stuff, and I feel like at face value, you look at each thing, and you go, oh, that's, that's decent, but what does that really do? But it's really about the story everything all at once tells, right? Right. So they have Star Forge. They can get two fighters. Well, that was never especially efficient. Um, right. But now they have a commander. Now, their commander is difficult to unlock. It's You have to produce a war sun. But trade goods hit the table way faster these days, especially with uh, all the exploration that you can get trade goods out of. Uh, so producing that first war sun is easier than it used to be. And now you have extra incentive to focus on that. And prototype war sun 2 got better because of the tech skip reasons we gave earlier like you you can get to it faster so your war sons are better so you have more incentive to build one which means you get this commander and suddenly now when you spend a strategy token uh you get a trade good so now not only are you getting trade goods anytime you do any secondary when you star forge you get a trade good oh and also your mech is deploy when you use your star forge faction ability in the system or an adjacent system you may place this infantry uh place one infantry from your reinforcements with this unit so on a single Starforge pop, you can get an infantry, a trade good, and two fighters. That is some kind of wickedly good value <laughs> that happens all game long. Uh, on top of you having this like constant trade good generator, it's like really major economic powerhouses. On top of your four commodities, like they Muat now feels like feels like a a trading ec- economy faction, right? Sure. I, mean, I I I would push back a little bit because I feel like Starforge isn't something I necessarily want to do in the early early game. No, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, but once you kind of get the lay of the land a little bit, like round two, round three, it, mm-hmm. it it's a very good idea to kind of get a little. You know, it's like they do Starforge and they get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board. Let's talk about the Empyrean a little bit though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the Empyrean is. A really interesting faction that has a lot of different abilities that have some synergy and then some not. I want to start with their my favorite ability that they have, which is that they're mechs. Um, They're called the Watcher. You may remove this unit from a system that contains or is adjacent to another player's units to cancel an action card played by that player. So we've got essentially a better version of instinct training that is built into Empyrean from the beginning of the game. They, they don't have to... All they have to do is build a mech, right. which is pretty easy. You get you them for free do, via exploration You can do four sometimes. sabotages around if you keep building mechs. Totally, totally. I mean, you can do more uh, than four. As long as, you're, as long as you're steadily building mechs, like, you always have access to a sabotage. And you are incentivized to go be adjacent to everybody. Right. I mean, that, that's part of your, like, abilities is that you get all over the map. And so this is a thing you're going to be able to do. You're going to be able to sabotage whatever you want whenever you Man, want. Man, I'm actually starting to think maybe Empyrean is <laughs> really better <good>. than Muat <laughs> um, a little bit. It's a so tough one. They are they are a movement faction. Yep. Um, they have a tech called Aether Stream, which allows them to let uh, their neighbors um, get a plus one. I mean, and, and obviously you can use it on yourself as well. Um also they have an ability that where you can allow neighbors to go through your ships yep um which is cool so they have a lot of kind of trading potential uh it's they like have two meta trading notes. though it's really specific trading that can be very hard to to make benefits from right it can be really hard to sell their abilities mm, I, I i i would disagree i think it depends I, I on your group i think there are players that see the benefit of it and will know that it's worth something and i think for some players it's going to be hard to get them to pay for this stuff even though you know that it's valuable 
you gotta you just gotta advertise Aetherstream once yes. you get it and yeah. people will will be looking at the map and think like oh i can use Aetherstream and get right. to blah 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 place Aetherstream is way more sellable than their base ability um where you can move uh through them well um, i would say that they kind of complement each other is really yeah, the thing is it's like it's it's all about if if you didn't have um that that uh base ability of letting them move through you uh then aether stream would be harder to sell right yeah. because it would just be like more um more space that they can't get through mm -hmm. via your ships and and you are incentivized to move your ships out everywhere uh basically sort of like uh like how the ghosts are you're just kind of supposed to spread out because you yeah. start with dark energy tap so you can go get the frontier tokens and also your hero um essentially lets you do uh an extra frontier token on each system that contains right one of your ships um it, obviously it can't contain a planet so it has to be a place where a frontier token would actually show up and then you explore them all instantly now that hero kind of annoying to yeah. me. Here, here's what be I'll that, that's that was going to be my big breaking point for what puts it over the edge for Muat for me. If you compare not just the heroes but the late game potential, I don't see any major tools in Empyrean's arsenal to cinch a game, to finish things out, right? To yeah. to get an a a unblockable victory because dark energy tap and frontier tokens aren't really that amazing. The main benefit is that you might be the only player at the table getting them, so you could get a lot of stuff. But the second somebody else decides to be a dark energy tap faction, it's annoying. Your ability is yeah. bad. It's not yeah. useful at all. And then this multiverse shift can put you like you have to set up for it a lot. Whereas Muat barely has to set up for their Nova Seed where they nuke a fact. Yeah. They just got to get to That's the true. system. That's and true. then boom, they do their Nova Seed. And that can have a major impact on the game. Not to mention, they have the War Suns that we've already talked about in the past are like a big late game finisher. And the fact that those prototype War Sun 2s got easier to get to for them and they're like able to afford them better means you are punching much harder in the late game as Muwa and can pull off things way with, with way more impact than I think the Empyrean can. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think you've made some solid arguments. I just wanted to kind of try and represent Empyrean. Yep. Uh, I played them recently. I very much enjoy them. And I think that they are the type of faction that has a little bit of wiggle yeah. to how they're going to place out in these things. I, I could see that Empyrean, like right now they feel like a lower tier faction, especially yeah. considering like looking at the uh, new expansion factions compared to each other. I feel right. like Empyrean is probably the, uh, at the bottom yes. of those. However, because they're kind of tradey, um, we didn't even talk about their two promissory notes. They're very good, but I, yeah. we, we don't have to, I, I want to move forward. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the way that the game might evolve around Empyrean is going to be really exciting to watch. And Definitely. I think could have some surprises in it, but I, I will, I will allow Muat to move forward. Yeah. I, congratulations, I, I, of I, congratulations to the Muat. I think what you're going to see is people really uh, be upset about this one, because I think, I think over the next year, you're going to see Empyrean players develop in the same way that you see ghosts players develop where like ghosts yeah. arsenal is not inherently great, but if you know how to work it, Oh my gosh, you can do wonders, and I think that's what we'll end up seeing out of Empyrean. I I, I think you're a hundred percent right um, when you say that, and I actually think I might be one of those Empyrean players because I <laughs> yeah, you're it. you're feeling them. You're you're feeling. I them really hard. loved it yeah. playing as them. Okay, so next round is uh, I'm gonna stop revealing the seeds so that there's more drama. <laughs> <in it>. Right. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, Federation of Soul versus Ghost of Korea. So that you can probably guess <laughs> which what, one is the higher ahead. seed. Well, on I'll that say one. this much though. 
I would categorize Soul as taking one of the bigger hits of any faction. Yeah. Well, I would. I don't think they. I. I think that has what has happened with some of the the better factions is that the game, the rest of the factions have moved up. Yep. And then they didn't move much up at all. Yeah, like like Soul didn't get like bad abilities. They're just not good compared to the other ones. Yes. Basically. Right. Right. So um, so the, the thing that we do know about Soul is they're still crazy defensive. I mean, now their yeah. agent and their commander directly resolve uh, re- result in it's almost impossible to take a soul planet. I mean, soul yeah. planets are now one of the most heavily guarded things you're going to come across. And it's unlikely that you're ever going to get one off of them. You, ha- without you, bringing have, to be, serious you have to have some sort of special ability that's going to allow you to, yeah. to do it. Uh, right. Otherwise, yeah, it's really not going to happen. And, and um, blue green tech didn't get any worse. Right. So right. their, their tech path is still wildly the cleanest. If they yeah. wanted the, the problem with souls, they're still just as boring as ever. Right. They just kind of play the straight laced thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, they didn't get any, like, crazy good economic tools. Their mech isn't anything to write home about at all. If anything, I think if you're using their deployability on their mech, you're using their mech wrong. Like, you might as well just build your mech. And, really, you might as well not build the mech because you just have really good... You should get Spec Ops 2 and just have that. Your mech is useless. Um, But they're still good at everything. They're still just good at the game and can get into unstoppable positions. They're still fast. They're still a blue tech faction that can get gravity drive right away and get either to Mechatol or wherever they want to. And now wherever they get, they're more fortified than ever. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks to, to talk so much smack on them and then kind of look at what like Krius is a faction that was, you know, kind of in that low mid tier. Yeah. Um, depending and and also a faction that you could make arguments for like kind of edge case arguments that they're actually better than they appear right however they didn't really like they they got some really cool stuff in pok like singularity reactor the the hero that allows you to swap positions of two systems that contain wormholes or your units um that's uh cool it is not clear yet that that really specifically helps you so right. much it's just like a crazy thing that can happen and right? honestly i would say that about all of their new abilities none of their sure. abilities directly benefit them it gives them more tools for trading i can maybe talk you into buying a wormhole off of my mech or i can talk you into wanting to use my agent but my big thing that i harp on with ghosts is of all the factions there are multiple factions in base game that had an issue of they're like a one carrier to infantry faction or or mostly like lacking the carry and ghost is one of them every other faction in that world got a thing that solves their round one and now they have a reliable way to get 2c4i right except yeah. for ghosts ghosts right. now have what i would call definitively the worst start in the game yeah i mean they're 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 not starting 2c4i and they don't have an a easy way to, way to get, get to it. it however that being said they're still a four commodity faction. Yeah, they can make up for that bad start. They have I think I, I really think they can. And and here's here's a here's an argument I want to throw out there. Because of the mech, they now have a lot more um, versatility when it comes to getting wormholes on the map. Mm-hmm. Even more so than they almost don't even need wormhole generator yeah. because the mech can kind of take care of that aspect of it. Right. Uh, however, it's it's not an action, which is kind of sad. But um, in fact, the trigger for the Krius mech is so crazy to me. After any player activates a oh, system, system, yeah, <laughs> you may remove. It's just like any just old whenever, time. Whenever you want to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you feel like it, you can remove the mech and place a wormhole token into the system. Now, here's my like kind of edge case scenario I want to talk about. How much better I wonder is and and Imsen, 
This is for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> How much better is PDS Ghost of Creus, which is what we call cheesy bread? Right. Because the well, whole that's thing... not what we call cheesy bread, but sure, that's fine. Wait, that's is that fine. not what cheesy bread cheesy is? Cheesy bread is the barony strat. It doesn't matter though. This this is still this is still PDS PDS Ghost is still a thing, and this is still like a Imsen slash Luke. So there's a there's a handful of PDS. Yeah. What, whatever. I don't know how it works. I don't. Know, <laughs> I, don't I don't know anything about the community, but. Uh, PDS Ghosts, I wonder yeah. if they have maybe, you know, gotten to a much better spot because we have um, a unprecedented level of control of where the wormholes go. Yes. And is that the more ticket. exciting and more swingy than boring old Federation of Soul, who we kind of already know exactly what yeah. they do? It's definitely more exciting, but I cannot in good conscience mean, uh, let that mean that they beat the Federation of Soul. I can. On I can. game. Because I, 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 I can, here's the thing. Here's the logic for it right here. Ghosts have more potential energy at this point. We know exactly what soul is. And there, and, and if we let them go through this round, then that's fine. And, and it's, it, it's going to be a hundred percent. You want, you know, it's, you it's want gonna, an upset and you want it to happen that you want to, you want the end result of this whole thing to be that soul is in the bottom tier. I mean, I, the, the the it isn't really a bottom tier. Sure, but with it the is, way that we're doing it, but it is. Sure, it's bottom <laughs> in that in in that it's like half the factions are in the bottom <laughs> tier. Basically, that's how it's going to work. Third, out. Not the, half, the first two tiers are the same size. There's two tiers that's of true. of eight. Yeah. Um, is that right. Yeah. That being said, I think we know exactly where Soul is. The expansion didn't bring anything to the table with them that is going to change, you know, where they lie and stuff. And I think there, if we let ghosts go through right now, then there's a chance that in a year we're going to be seen as like visionaries. You're gambling. So you're gambling right now. You're gambling on the future <laughs> with me I'm just right saying now. It might live. be more fun. It might be more fun if we let ghosts <laughs> go through right now. It and I know that there is a, a small army of people <laughs> that, that are behind you that are behind me right now. And that honestly, there's not a lot of people behind, like there's gonna be people that say like, what a silly choice. Mm-hmm. of not having soul go through but sometimes man it's about looking at it's it's just sometimes like no master heart <laughs> i mean soul already fell out of the, you you know because it's in this round soul fell out of the top eight yep. in our eyes right so why not just let them fall all the way to the bottom who cares because man they are so fortified Ghosts yeah, get but, everywhere, but then you also just scoop them up. You just clear them out. If if Soul wants to take a system from Creus, they just do it. And if Creus wants to take a system from Soul, they don't. In the late game, it doesn't happen. If if we're talking literally, if these two factions mm-hmm. are facing off in a game, Soul has a better chance to beat Creus. Okay, but but hear hear me out. The Ghost <laughs> Hero is like this crazy weird thing. That right now doesn't sound like it's even that useful. You're about to downplay the soul hero, and I will not be here for I'm it. I'm not because... downplaying the soul hero. I'm okay. saying that it's a very good ability that does not go along thematically with the other stuff that soul does. Except okay? for their innate ability to have more command counters per round. So in the final round, sure, sure. they've that's, saved that's up the... more, and it is reliant on needing a stockpile of command counters so that when you pull all of your tokens off the board, you can then still also complete a bunch of i mean you I just talked it. about how Mahat Matt, Matt, has this I, I amazing it. late game ability and and souls is essentially the same exact thing only faster all right so soul goes through i'm sorry hunter i know that was heartbreaking for you but i will no not no, no. Re- I, I i don't care i don't care this is what you want it to be then that's how it'll be 
All right, Soul goes through. So next round, Isarl <laughs> Tribes versus Barony Aletnev. What I've, we got? I've crushed Hunter's spirit with my insistence. No, no, no. I, you're, you're, you're totally, you're totally right. I just want I, Hunter. I, 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 I think I you picked the exact right battle to do that with. If we were yep. gonna have an upset in round one, Ghost deserved to be that right, upset. Right. But I it's your list. It's your show. Stop so, that. You so don't do go. this to me right now. All right, Asarl versus Barony Aletnev. This was weird. I don't know. I I so when we put the seeds together. I keep being really will willing to like throw a sorrel in the trash can. Like I keep be feeling like that's not a big deal to me. Um, and if anything, maybe I'm going to push against our seeds in this one. No, no, wait, wait, I looked at the numbers wrong. But anyways, I, 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 I have not felt especially hot on a sorrel in POK. I think they have the coolest. I don't feel especially agent. hot on either of them. Yeah. To be honest, that's like, yeah. like neither of them, neither Barony nor a sorrel, really got a lot of kind of game changers right um as far as they're concerned i will say though sorrel does seem to have a little more um positive rng that is hard to quantify at this point with the fact that the agent can copy every other agent that's in the game with them yeah yeah that is hard to know how that is actually going to pan out right uh, and how often that's going to be useful. I like a point you Asaro. made, Hunter, uh, when we were mm -hmm. prepping this. This this sold me on on at least boosting Asarl up a bit, which is if if we could categorize Asarl's main problem as anything, it's a lack of like ability to reliably get plastic on the board. Their right. round one is fine. Their, their round one expansion is fine. But then like round two and three feel light on plastic. But a large amount of other factions agents are specifically about getting plastic on the board like we yes. talked about all of those factions where it's like well they're bad at getting the second carrier here's an ability that like really helps them get a second carrier Asarl gets to use that ability so round two they very quickly get to like upgrade something into a dread or just build yes. a, you know like they get to get that plastic situation solved um for themselves and that is a major boost um for for one of their biggest achilles you know heels yeah also on the other on the other side of the coin barony did not get anything super interesting no. i mean they have uh uh an agent that helps them get like an extra die they they Meh. they have a commander that when they sustain they get one trade good their hero is odd in that it, it lets them kind of ignore fleet supply, but yeah. they didn't have a problem with fleets. They always have bigger fleets than everybody else anyway, so right. it's not clear that that is really that big of a deal. Right. Um, I like the mech all right. At the start mm -hmm. of a round of ground combat, you can spend two resources to replace an infantry in that combat with one mech, so they can just deploy them, you know, whenever. Right. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I don't hate that. And they did have a problem with uh, not having being able to bring enough infantry to places, so that... I would say almost like a hole has been patched. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would call that a pretty big hole, especially because it's at the start of a round of ground combat. In three, you can do this every single round, right? I mean, I could just like keep adding mechs. Am I reading that wrong? I haven't no, you are reading that wrong. It's one infantry with one mech. Oh, replace so, one. Yeah. So as long as your infantry you can't... survive, though. Anyways, doesn't matter. It's still very good. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, the best thing they got is the update to war funding, um, which right. is is an amazing ability, a ridiculously good ability, but 
also it's like one of those things where it's sort of like a fires of the gash lie kind of thing where it's like the ability is mm-hmm. so good it's hard to sell it for the right price it's hard to give right. that thing out um, because yeah, you're I almost agree. always underselling it it doesn't so, have that resellability thing you're not selling it all the time you yeah. want to only sell it when it can be useful and it's not yeah. that's not going to happen in the early game a lot of the time right and also like it just doesn't sound i think e- even though it's better now it doesn't sound so solid that i would like basically risk and like do a combat i wasn't gonna do just because i know i can buy it or something like that yeah but then on the other hand you have isarl which are you know as strong as the action card deck so right this is tough it's Um, tough i i want to also drive home the point that barony in base game is freaking good (laughs) and like blue tech start nes didn't get any worse the red tech path technically got better like they did get other less quick to define boosts right that i feel like people aren't giving enough attention to like we look at the leaders and go yeah that's not impactful but it's like well they got a bunch of other tangential impactful improvements that that do still they still have everything that they had before they still the best home system I think I'm actually I, I'm I'm becoming convinced that it's barony, um, yeah. but it might. I, I think it's just barely. I this one so was too. really hard, guys. This one is this one's very very difficult. I I, I think Isar. My my big thing is, uh, and it's a question mark. But it's is the action card deck reliable enough for Isarl now? Like, is that a game winner in the way that it used to be? Probably. I mean, it feels probably. like most of the action cards that have been added are, are good. Yeah. So. The action card deck didn't get worse right. just because there's now more action cards. Right, right. So, so I, I, I think. I so what are you thinking? It's it's up to you. I'm, I'm voting I, Barony. I, I do think it's Barony, um, but but it's a, it is certainly a very close one. It's really close. Yeah. Um, and and neither and, of them really got too much that was great. They both got like right. I would say kind of middling amount of stuff. Yeah. And Barony just had a more solid foundation. Now, right, Hunter, so. before we move on, my my heart is still stuck on this Ghosts and Federation of Soul problem. Well, I, wait, why? I because I I'm feeling more and more where your heart was at, and and I I just I want to give you one more opportunity to sell me on it, and I I just I I need I need to know all the voices behind because I. <laughs> It it's, was it was it, it's the, hard the, for me. It's hard for me because I am not tricky with ghosts. And so it's mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to see where their potential is even though we have been barraged since the beginning of this show with people who speak of the the true power of ghosts. And we've seen it. My god, we have Duke Lucum has carried them to victory. So I know it's out there. So I I just need to see the picture more clearly. I think all I'm all I I don't have a clear picture for you, Matt. I I think my argument was essentially like, you know, the first time around when we had base game, we looked at ghost abilities and we were like, I don't get how that's going to add up to mm-hmm. them winning. And we were wrong. And it feels like we're doing the exact same thing again, where right. we're looking at the stuff they've been given and we're like, how does this add up to to winning? And the thing is, I think whenever it comes to to high level play and high-level players, if you give them some weird tools, mm-hmm. they can use that in unexpected ways in order to to win games yeah. in exciting fashion. It's about fashion. access, so, and Ghosts yeah. has kind of crazy access. Yes. I so think it's I, like... I think I want to go down this route with you, Hunter. 
I don't know how I I I think of how the to fix the website. <laughs> well, we Here, can just wait, know. Actually, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can okay. do it. We're we're that. working with like a thing that builds this this tournament out with us, but I yeah. think we're walking back. I think we're walking. I think Soul's in the bottom tier now, and they lose. It's an upset, and the ghosts are going to move see, on. See, the thing is, it doesn't matter where we put Soul at this point, right? Because we all know where Soul, they are. Here's the thing about Soul. This this is this is my final word on the matter. <laughs> but the thing about Soul, and if you're annoyed at what what we just did, I don't care. Um, <laughs> the thing about Soul is that. I do not think that there is a world where they are ever going to get back into the the tippity top yeah. ever again. Right. I don't see it happening. No. But the rest ghosts of, could. But ghosts could. And 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 the and yes, Soul probably does not deserve to be in the bottom tier. All right, yep. they're probably somewhere in the middle now. They might even be yeah. mid high. I don't know. I right. don't know. It's hard to quantify. But that's not how but this know, tier list works. <laughs> yeah, that's not how this tier list works. And this is the one that matters. Yeah. This is the only thing that matters in the world. Um, but. <laughs> The thing about Soul is that I think that they did not get anything that sh- that shakes anything up, and now they they have long been, I think, the most predictable yes. good faction. Right, and and that has not changed about right. them. I agree. Meanwhile, everybody else has gotten a bunch of weird toys. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, we we have let them upset. They have Creus has beaten Federation of Soul. Barony Letnev has beaten the Asarl tribes. We're gonna have to move at a faster click. My goodness. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so Nalu so versus next... Mentak is boy, that's an easy one. All right. So so first of all, I'm sure you're surprised. Nalu did not make it into the top eight. Right. In our eyes, it was they they're close to. Yeah, but they're they're almost not there, quite. But, but they, uh, they didn't, didn't get anything surprising or good. Right. in pok and so all they're they're basically nalu has been has been punching above its weight class since the beginning right. it is all the zero token that makes them a top tier faction everything else in their arsenal is like it's fine it's good yeah it's pretty hey, good even in some cases i'm, I'm going to cut you off in the interest of time because i think we both know yes. how this has to play out uh let's not talk about the nalu let's anymore let's talk about mentak a little yeah. bit and then move forward mentak may have uh they're like compared to Arborek in like how little they got that really changes things up for them. Yep. Um, their 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 mech uh, disables sustained damage against, on ground. Yeah, you force have stuff. to be fighting against other mechs for it to matter. So yeah, not a huge um, impact. Their their agent is a benefit to you and the other player. Like it's it's basically kind of a nullified in terms of putting you ahead, right? You When you pillage someone else, you let them draw an action card and you also draw an action card. I mean, that's good. It's great to get them more action cards, but right. it, it's just not necessarily... And that, I mean, that can result in some crazy... Um, I mean, it's an extra... You don't need Neural, right? As mentioned, right. but that's kind of all that amounts to. Yeah. And that's not yeah. huge. And you're also giving someone else one too, so that's kind yeah. of annoying. Uh, Commander... You get a promissory note from someone after you win a space combat. That's 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 nothing. not great. The problem with that's, promissory notes is everybody's almost always got one promissory note they can just throw away and yeah. isn't going to hurt them in any way and isn't going to get you anything really in return either. Like you can, they can lose their political secret. For a lot of them, they can lose their uh, their trade agreement and it doesn't matter. It's it's going to yeah. be fine. And then and then the hero is interesting, but it it feels like. I don't know. It's just kind of an it's like it's like salvage operations, but like on steroids, where yeah. you go and fight somebody, and each time you destroy one of their ships, um, you get to like place one ship of that type in the active system for yourself. So you're literally like taking over their ships. Um, here's the nail. Cool. Here's the nail on the coffin. I'll put for Mentech. 
The yeah. best thing they had going for them in base game was that mirror computing is ridiculously good. And they could right. get a trade good economy that far exceeded anyone. Yeah. Um, they, they would just get money and that money would go further. Well, guess what? Trade goods are pretty easy to come by these days. Yeah. And there's and you don't like everybody's got lots of money. It's kind of it's yeah. not that big of a deal to get kind of a decent amount of money. I mean, mirror computing is still great. I'm not going to say it's not, but it doesn't yeah. have anywhere close to the impact it used to have uh, on yeah. like objective. Like it's harder to come by, spend 16 influence or spend 16 resources objectives. Right. So it's not a objective winner anymore. Now it's just the money that you need to play the game that everybody also has a pretty good amount of money. So it just doesn't really get you anywhere and compare that to if we're looking at two factions that didn't get a lot, then we have to only look at their end game potential and mirror computing got worse and the zero token did not get any worse. Yep. Yep. The zero token is good as always. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move Nalo forward. Yep. I, I will say this last thing about Mentech. Um, I, it may have sounded like we were just dunking on them. I am very much looking forward to playing Mentech. Yeah, I, like, I, and and I think people are over dunking on Mentech in general in the community. Like, I think people are like they're trash now. It's like uh, I bet you there's some Mentech people out there that are going to do well with Mentech. Like, I, yeah. I I don't think they again they didn't really lose anything. They just didn't get as much as everybody else got. But they still have right. cool stuff, and and right. I like them. So all right. Next discussion, I think this one's going to be kind of hard. Um, yeah. Emirates of Hakan versus the Argent Flight. Hmm. Eh. Yeah. This is, I don't even know where to start with this this one. Let's start with uh, Hakan. They fell out of the top eight. Yes. I think they were top eight before. Something um, like that. I, I, one of the, it, we've kind of already talked about maybe a reason why they would have fallen out of the top eight. Yep. Is that there's a lot more trade goods around. Everybody's like, got it, money. Yeah, everybody's got money. Everybody's got a lot more ways to get money. Money flows uh, just around a lot easier. So Hakan's economic advantage is not as pronounced right. in POK. It feels like they also got the um, the mech that they that they got is a uh, kind of similar to the ghost hero unit where it sounds really cool. Not sure it helps all that much, yeah, but it doesn't actually uh, do a lot. It's just a goofy, fun thing in the kit that I love, right. but it's not a game winner. <laughs> well, and again, though, it depends on how people sure. um, apply how people it. it. Well, and that's always been Hakan's problem, right? Is they're really only as powerful as the player behind them, right? It, it's, yeah. It's none of their tools are inherently great. It's that you have the leverage to push your money further or whatever if you know right. how to wheel and deal correctly and all of their abilities are still just more of that the best thing they got is their hero where they can do one major production um to get a bunch of units on the board in like the mid or late game and that is awesome um but it's also just building the units it's not necessarily building them on the front lines where they need to be and then immediately do you know everybody else has like a thing where it's like i attack through everything and it doesn't matter what was there because i just get it right and theirs right. is like well i built a bunch of stuff at home <laughs> yeah i think um I, we, we talked about this a little bit before i i, I feel like we kind of had some back and forth and i i'm kind of coming around to the idea now i really wonder what the tech path is going to be yeah or hakan because the hero if you had war sons the hero is insane yes however you also need to get quantum data hub node that is still the best thing that that hakan has right. and that that is an ability that has not you know diminished in right. any way quantum data hub node still rocks there's like one way around it now yeah that's it like besides that if they get it and they have the lead, that's very hard to do anything about it. Right. But you're so, sacrificing quite a bit 
as Hakan to go for that over all the other things you could go for, especially on average, POK games have one less round, which means getting True. to late game tech, like Hakan might have just well, barely gotten. I, I mean, you can get tech no, faster. You can you can skip more tech. You're, you're, that's that's totally. You true. can skip more tech, and there's also um, it's way easier to get tech outside of the um, doing the secondary of technology yes, now because true. tech just comes up. There's just yeah, you get a relic that gives you tech. You find you know there's a frontier token that gives you tech. Right. You, there's there's more um, new action cards that help you acquire more tech or, or acquire specific tech that's even. True. Yeah, so tech has gotten a little bit weird as far as the flow of it, I think, has been accelerated, even though there are now, on average, less rounds in the game. So that yeah. one's a little tough. Um, let's talk about Argent Flight a little yeah. bit, though. Argent um, Flight, so we got we, we don't get to compare them to base game, so let's just real quickly cover like what we're working with. It's a faction with, I would say, a pretty great start. They get to pick yeah. two tech of their... They get to pick Neural Motivator, Starween Tools, or Plasma Scoring, two of those... They start with a carrier and two destroyers, but the destroyers have capacity, so they can get out to systems really quickly, right? They have two yeah. movement destroyers. They can go take an equidistant if they want, like immediately. Right. And right. they're a crazy defensive faction. First off, you can start with the prerequisites for PDS2. So you could get PDS2 round one. Their commander lets you uh, roll additional die for your abilities. So uh, AFB... Uh, Space PDS. cannon and, yeah. and and all that stuff, right? So you're you're rolling more. So your your defenses are quite good. Um, Strike wing alphas, your your uh, special destroyers are are fun and tricky. And I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna overstate how good they are. They're they're fine. Um, but the capacity is certainly a big deal that lasts all game. Um, and they're their agent solves the three planet homes. It's funny that Argent went up against Hakan here because it's it's yeah. the two three planet home system factions and Argent's was given a thing that makes the three planet home system significantly less of a problem whereas Hakan still has that as a problem that they have to deal right. with. Well, let's read so so the Argent agent is uh, when you produce ground forces in a system, exhaust the card and you can place those units on planets uh that they control in that system or any adjacent system. So, yeah. so when you produce infantry, you're no longer limited to just the space dock that right. that planet is on or the planet that that space dock is on rather. Right. Um, and you can just put them, you know, basically wherever. So you don't get that weird situation where one of your planets in your three planet home system is just empty. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. And also it pairs really well with their, um, one of their faction tech, which is uh airy hollow lattice. It doesn't really pair, but, uh, other players cannot move ships, through systems that contain your structures. So in a lot of ways, if you build your slice out correctly, and if you have a slice that would allow you to do this, um, no one's going to be able to even move towards yes. your home system anyways, because they can't move through structures. Right. All of this so amounts this is to is, though, that they're a primarily defensive faction. And we've yes. always had an issue with defenses doesn't mean you're scoring any points. Now, yeah. if Argent Flight were up against Extra, Argent Flight wins, hands down, for yeah. me. Argent yeah. Flight is all of the things I wish extra had some fast units to get out where I want. And then I right. drop the PDS down right. and then the PDS hit really hard and they do a lot of damage and all that. Yeah. Uh, they're fast and defensive and that's awesome, but their, their speed is limited, right? Cause their speed comes from round one, the destroyers get somewhere, but then beyond that, they're not a heavy hitter in space. So in the mid game, they're not crushing other people's fleets with right. impunity, right? They're they're They still have to, to put up a decent fight. On, on their own. Whereas, you know, Hakan's getting enough economic advantages and building a massive fleet in the mid game with their hero. To me, it feels like 
Hakan's going to get pushed ahead because they just have more tools that lean towards victory of yeah. claiming objectives. Whereas Argent's is like, you still have to get the objectives on your own. Yeah. In a weird, uh, in a weird way, I feel like this is kind of similar to our ghost soul discussion, even though Argent flight is new, it feels like they're very like, okay, this is like solid. I get this. Yeah. I don't feel like it's going to be really swinging or like really surprise me a whole bunch. It could yeah. like, like I think what could happen is that um, not that Argent flight players are going to do a bunch of really unexpected stuff and, and take us by surprise, but it could be that this actually adds up to a whole lot more than we think right now. Yeah. But I, I think Hakan is going to have to coast through this round, but I will say, I feel like it's, kind of close or i'm curious yeah. to see how this shakes out in the future I, I think argent flight could eventually be seen as a really really good faction once people understand their tools even better but for mm -hmm. now it doesn't feel like there's enough there to like really push them forward also um one thing i want to say about argent flight is i don't really like zeal um yeah it forces them to vote first during the agenda phase. That's a bad ability on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is, it is kind of supposed to be, they get extra votes, but then you don't really ever get to use them in a way that is nice. Right. But yeah. All right. Congratulations, Akon. You move forward. We are down to our last match of the first round. Yep. Uh, and it is, uh, it's an easy one. So it is Volwraith Cabal. <laughs> versus the extra kingdom. I'm going to upset some people again. But I still think Extra is bad. Uh, even in PLK, yeah. I don't think Extra got any tools of import that really pushed them over the top. People love to remark on like, yeah, but that that agent is helpful. And it's like everybody got a helpful agent. Quit telling me the help the agent's helpful. They get well, to refresh a planet. Helpful, but, they're not but, all helpful, but but yeah. this one this one I would say is one of the of of all the factions that like really needed an improvement to round one. This agent doesn't help their round one in a way that matters. You get to right. refresh a planet. Or you get to refresh somebody else's planet and kill their infantry. Neither of those things is like wildly impactful to me. So, so their start didn't get any better, and I didn't ever love their start. Um, their their commander is, as of right now, I would categorize it as not doing anything for me. I don't care, and it's not easy to get. Getting twelve influence right. is a bit tricky. Um, so then finally we're looking at how do they close out games? Well, I don't think their hero is good for closing out games. Their hero is well, like here, a thing you do let, in the let's mid Let's cover it real quick. So yeah. so the commander makes it where um, each it, each planet you exhaust to cast votes provides an additional vote. Mm -hmm. And this is the more important part. Game effects cannot prevent you from voting on an agenda. You can throw riders down yeah. and then vote. Basically. That is cute and fun, but it is not winning you games it's not doing right. any ma anything major for you the the hero is political data nexus action you may look you may discard one law from play look at the top five cards of the agenda deck choose two to reveal and resolve each as if you had cast one vote for an outcome of your choice discard the rest other players cannot resolve abilities during this action there's there's a lot of agendas y'all <laughs> five yeah. looking at five and then only picking two is not a game winner yeah sometimes it's a seat of an empire and if they're in the right position that seat of empire can get them a point but that is n almost never going to be what happens and they are significantly more incentivized to do this as soon as they get access to it because right. most agendas are actually better abilities that you should carry throughout the game or things you want to affect in the board state on in the mid game there few agendas are like a game ender Right. and are more about changing the scope of the game. So you want to get this out as soon as possible, which means by design, it's not a finishing move. So to me, it's like x didn't get any great tools, and we have, for 
three years now talked about how Exxon doesn't have really any tools to help them win the game. They have instinct training and nullification field that are sometimes good but hard to use, and that is still the case for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I still love instinct training, and, and I don't think it's too hard to use. I, I just think it's funny that Empyrean got, got like an easier... Way better version of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, an I will say this, though. This is another case where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that Extra got really any more competitive, but do I think they got more fun? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm more yeah. excited to play Extra than ever before, but I don't think they'll right. win games. So yeah. the Vool Wraith, Cabal, move on. We'll talk about them more in the next round for sure, uh, where they'll have yes. a more difficult round to get through. Okay, that's right. it. That's the end of round one. That means our bottom tier is the Extra Kingdom, the Argent Flight, the Federation of Soul, <laughs> the Empyrean, <laughs> Sardak Nor, Isaral Tribes, Mentak Coalition, and Arborek. That feels more or less right to me. Yeah. I mean, with probably with not that soul one, but crazy yes. soul condition. Yeah. Maybe Isaral yeah. Tribes, Sardak Nor. I mean, uh, honestly, I would like to break this tier in half, but I'm not doing that. This is the tier. It's an eight, it's an eight faction tier. It's a big tier. So it's going to feel a little weighty. Right. Um, okay. Let's get to round two. Um, so this is this is fun because you're gonna get to find out our our top top seeds eight, uh, basically. And I'll I'll go back to to reading out the seeds because uh, honestly this will be hard for there to be any real surprises. But if one happens, I want you to be uh, stoked on it. Yep. Uh, so you'll need to know the seeds. So um, all right. So this first match is our number one seed, which is Clanasar. Clanasar, big versus probably our... surprise to people that it's not Titans, but whatever. We'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, I don't care. Um, versus our number 16 seed, Mahakt Gene Sorcerers. Um, Mahakt is cool, and I want to say that I do think there is a possibility, uh, and I know there there are there are detractors, and there are people that think yeah. they're great. Um, ironically, Matt, you told me that, that Milty had kind of downplayed them, but Milty is, in my opinion, the most impressive Mahakt player right yeah. now. Um, he is you. You gotta watch Milty play Mahakt, right? Because um, he's he's very good, but and he makes them look very very good. Out to a thing that's hard to use. They kind of don't have a great start, but they have a great finish. Guess what? Clanasar has a great start and a great finish. <laughs> they're good. Uh, they're good the whole game. <laughs> Clanasar was like already a very 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 good faction, and they got I wouldn't say like overpowered new stuff in yeah. POK, but they got good stuff. Yeah, they like got it's really not good stuff. It's not bad. Um, so, I mean, let's see, let's, let's, let's go through it. I mean, there's the agent, um, that allows you to increase the move value of player ships to match the move value of the ship on the game board that has the highest move value. It's a, it's a so, ridiculous ability. It's, it's, they, they go wherever they way? want. I mean, this is, Clannistar can take Mechatol Rex round one if they want to. There's yeah. nothing stopping them from taking Mechatol Rex round one, except for just not getting the trade goods, but they're probably getting the trade goods. They're probably getting yeah. enough money to go ahead and take Mechatol Rex. Now, should they? I don't know. That, that's a whole other argument, but they can. They can. And and when we say they can take Mechatol Rex, that also equals they can take whatever they want. They just go and get the exact planets that they want with this agent. Right. Um, we've got the commander that when you produce fighters or infantry, you may place each of those units at any of your space stocks that are not blockaded, which is funny that that note is in there. I don't think you can't blockade well, it's Sorry. because it's a it's because it's a commander that can be shared with someone else. Oh, of course, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. for Medinous. the other players' benefit that 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 gets included. But yeah, you can't blockade a, a SAR. But yeah, you you can uh, 
you can place each of those units at any of your space docks. Like um, it's that that's crazy. I mean, you, your fighters and infantry just get exactly where you need them to be. This makes right. your asteroid field production center even better because now you're not building in the asteroid field out of the way and then moving it to where it needs to be. You're building an asteroid field and reinforcing Mechatorex at the same time. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. right. Um, the hero Armageddon relay choose one system that is adjacent to one of your space docks. Destroy all other players, infantry and fighters in that system like that to me is just like a uh i i need to take your home system yep. so let's make that a lot easier right now because what i mean infantry and fighters are for i mean they're the gum they are the yeah. thing that protects the the stuff so i mean and like honestly their their mech isn't even bad either it's just has a deployability of when you gain control of a planet spend a trade good and place a mech on that planet like that's right. not bad that's really good for your early game i want to go back to this hero too let's talk about how much we've always talked about how good necro's uh flagship is and this right this sar just takes necro's home system without yeah. even think i mean it doesn't sars sars flagship or uh, necro's flagship is meaningless to sar that's how good this right. ability is is, right. is terrifying it notably doesn't affect mechs so but who wants to use their mechs defensively like mechs yeah mechs a lot of mechs are really good you want to have them out like you don't want to just have them all sitting back on your home system yeah. that's silly but like with armageddon relay you might have to worry about that yeah necro kind of um, has to do that now necro if right. sar and necro in the game necro's keeping their their mechs at home because it's the only defense they have it's so. it is worth noting so just to talk about this matchup a little bit um benediction the mm -hmm. mahawked uh, hero yeah is one of the only ways you can get past the um oh the sar ability the 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 chaos, chaos mapping, mapping where, where yeah. they are in an asteroid field and you don't get to activate it well con congratulations benediction doesn't have to activate anything they just pull all of your stuff out of the asteroid field for you right so that's kind of funny yeah if we were going to let mahawk go through that would be why right is because they're kind of a counter to, to, Sar. to a, Sar's a, a, main thing, but Sar is good on so many other fronts that it, it's totally. not enough. But it it is a funny matchup to to have that be kind of the the deciding factor. But yeah, let's, I just wonder. Like, I I don't know that Sar will hold this position as the the top seed. Yeah. Um, over the course of even just this tournament, we'll see how it how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, because it's 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 very much right now. It's a little more general, but it, starting with next round, it's going to be way more about the one v one. Yeah. Uh, aspect of each of these um but i think that clan of sar got enough interesting abilities that give them a little more versatility that it might be even harder to play the sort of like let's eliminate sar yeah. type of game i don't think that happens anymore and that makes i don't know sar that it that it for sure doesn't happen sure because it, it has a lot to do with you know how much sar is improved versus everybody else um but it, it does feel like Sar of all the top tier factions got kind of the the one of the better ends of the stick. I think Necro also got good Some stuff. Good stuff, yeah. Um, and was a top tier faction. So I don't know, but I, I think I got to give it to to yeah. Clan of Sar right yeah. now. I agree. Clan of Sar should move on. This next one is man. This might be the hardest one we do. This, this is a fun one. This one's so difficult. Okay. Yeah. Eighth seed, the Nomad versus ninth seed the winu yeah wow so nomad is this crazy thing to me where i feel like i keep seeing and hearing that nomad is doing really well and i can't pinpoint why that is exactly 
all I can say is, well, it just seems like they must be a jack of all trades. They're just good at everything. And They're that good seems, at a lot of things. That, that seems great. But when you compare that to like the obviously great stuff that Winu got, it's a mm-hmm. little bit hard for me to say that Nomad is actually going to beat Winu in most games. That that seems bold. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Nomad has uh, three agents, all of them pretty solid, especially um, Artuno. Betrayer. Yeah. yeah, that's good. They make a lot of money. They're... Um, or commodity faction, but then Winu just swings so hard with the plus two on Mechatol Rex uh, and and their home system and any legendary planets commander yeah. that they got. And the only thing that they have to do to to unlock it is to activate Mechatol Rex and have a fight there. Right. I think. They have to, yeah. yeah. They have to move they, the ship. They just have to have done. They just had to have gone into a combat in Mechatol Rex. So it's like in theory, it's basically the easiest commander to unlock in the game. Because you don't have right. to actually do anything. Just send right. a destroyer at Mechatol and you're fine. Um, right. But the plus two cannot be understated. Plus two is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And especially when you feel it. When you go into a combat against someone who's got a plus two from the baseline, not just in space. Space is a big deal. Imagine plus two in a ground combat with nothing but infantry. That's like yeah. Soul's whole benefit. Soul's whole thing is that their infantry is better than everybody else's. And this... You you have better infantry than Soul now. That's how wild it it gets. If you have upgraded yeah. infantry, you can have infantry that hit on a five on these on these targeted planets. But guess what? Those planets are the ones you need. That's crazy. It's crazy how good that is. It saves their home system problem. Uh, and I mean, what they just go take Malice whenever they want. Like that's a big deal too. That's a little that's a little economy engine if they want it. They just right, go right. go get a legendary planet of the wormhole nexus. Like so, th- so they hit really hard now, but they have a bad start. Nomad has a good start, yeah, and a lot of different utility, yeah, that's happening basically all the time. It's but it's so hard. hard to quantify. It's so hard to describe to people why Nomad is so good. You can't give a clean answer, and that's the scary thing with them. I think I, well, I think the cleanest answer I can give is that they have a lot of. Um, it, it, it's it's like versatility versus specificity. That's what this yes. matchup is. Yeah. Winu is really good under very specific circumstances yep. now. Yep. Although, yep. well, I can already think of the hole in it's that a little argument, bit wider. Which is the Winu yeah. yeah. Uh, let's not even talk about the Winu Winu hero yet. Let's uh, let's try and focus more on Nomad because we haven't talked about them at all yet. Yeah. Um. So with Nomad, we have a lot of abilities here that are going to help with uh, us accruing a lot of trade goods. Yes. Right. We have a lot of really good tradey uh, abilities. Right. We have a, we have a pretty that, good we... combat ability and a great ship. I mean, our, our Memoria yes. is just always a part of our stuff, and it's a very good ship that gets even better. So Honestly, like, the Memoria is actually a really good microcosm of, I think, the whole thing about Nomad, which is just being kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Yep. The, the, the flagship uh, is basically everywhere. You may treat this unit as if it were adjacent to a system that contains one or more of your mechs, yep. which is cool. It has anti-fighter barrage. Uh, it has, you know, good capacity. Uh, moves on a two uh, once, once you, upgrade you upgrade it. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes a two on a five capacity. I mean, it becomes like a really crazy flagship um, with really good anti-fighter barrage. And and it's not hard to upgrade to that. I mean, you, you right. start with a blue tech and you need a green and a yellow. You're probably doing that. Like, you're getting this upgrade. Um, and, and, and it's like not being, I mean, you're, you're, hero directly lets it do some crazy stuff in the late game 
Um, your flagship can and units it transports can move out of systems that contain your command tokens. So your flagship, it's just the one ship, but it can be joining up with all of your other fleets and just jumping around. I have seen the Memorial final round, like, I'm going to go get this, and I'm going to go get this, and I'm going to go get this. Oh, look, I have six planets of the same trait. I win now. Like, it, it's that kind of a thing that you see happening right. with Nomad. Right. They do have game-winning tools, and it's kind of crazy. But is that game-winning tool as good as uh, the best game-winning tool in the entire game now? Literally yeah, better so than Nalu's zero token is Imperial Seal. Action, right. perform the primary ability of any strategy card, then choose any number of other players. Those players may perform the secondary ability of that strategy card. This is basically I get to use Imperial in the final round, whether or not right. you let me get it or not. So right. I'm getting a swing round. And oh, also, I'm almost definitely on Mechatol Rex because my combat was so good, I got to take Mechatol Rex, yeah. which means I'm yeah. getting a free point. Off. I'm getting at least one like basically guaranteed point from Mechatol in this game right if i got another custodian's point somewhere else cool but i'm getting at least one free point outside of the normal 10 points i need to score also let's remember acquiescence has been improved yes um and it is actually a very tradable card all the time although the, the you know the nomad uh promissory note is actually really good too i mean yeah, it, it lets them good. lend the use it's, of their it's not flagship. quite as sellable but it's no. still good and, and worth a good amount yeah, I, I'm. My gut says Winu here, and I wonder. Yeah, where you're man, at. that's kind of what I'm thinking too, and it feels sad because I'm sure a lot of people are completely stoked on Nomad. Yeah, and we like, seeded Nomad higher. I believed in Nomad, but the more we talk about Winu, the more I can't. I don't see. I was very fervently on the side of like, but Winu's start is still so bad that maybe they'll just get dunked on in the early game and never see the full potential. But it's like, no, nah, they'll see the full potential because it's so quick for them to get plus two in their home system. It takes no effort for them to take Mechatol Rex and hold their home system, which was the whole problem before. Right, right. That they couldn't and do I think, both. I, I, I think it comes down to like, their, their agent also is like so specifically worded that it's like, oh, this is like just trying to... The only thing holding back winu at this point is just like do they get to do warfare secondary round one or or don't they? yeah right and the thing with acquiescence is it's such a good like yeah hey let me do warfare when i need it and you can have acquiescence right that that's i mean i think in a lot of ways that's kind of enough and it doesn't really it, it doesn't really cost yep. um that other player anything you know agreed so i i i really think that there's a lot of ways to get around the rough start and once you get around the rough start, their abilities are, I think, frighteningly good. Although Nomad is very, very cool. I mean, yes. we picked Nomad to be the one that we revealed. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm with you, Matt. I think it's got to be Winu. It's got to be Winu. Which is crazy. Yeah. What a high, what a climb <laughs> Winu has had. Man. All right. Next up, we have the Necrovirus versus the Embers of Muat. We've talked about the Muat already, so let's focus on the Necro here for yeah. this discussion. Necro yeah. were great. Their flagship is ridiculous. You're almost definitely going to build it every game, and that makes your home system untakeable. So what did they get? What, how far forward did they get propelled, and is it enough? My favorite thing that they got is their commander, honestly, because it's a very, like, Hunter's Law-type yes. ability. After you gain a technology, you may draw one action card. The unlock for it is all they have to do is have three technologies, um, and that's it. So, I mean, once they get three, they and they start with one, so I don't right. even know why. Like, right. but They just have to get two tech. Um, then every time after that, if they get a tech for any reason, they get an action card. I love that. That's just like clean, simple. It may sound underwhelming to people, but actually I think that's quite good. Yeah. And um, partner it with their agent 
During the action phase, you may exhaust this card to choose a player. That player may discard an action card or spend a command token from their command sheet to gain two trade goods. So if you drew an action card that's not worth it to you, you can just turn it into two trade goods. Bam. Right. Right. And yep. that, that ability is also obviously great with your command tokens. The rounds where you have extra command tokens, you're just per- turning them all into trade goods. Like it just doesn't, yep. you have a, now you have like a cyclical economy and you were Ugh. all, we were already an economic powerhouse with our crazy command counter engine. And now that engine pays us. That's yep. how good this got. Yeah. I think um, Necro is the other case. Like there's Clan Asar, which was already great and got some like cool new stuff that's useful. And I think Necro is the other case. So like already really great faction got a couple extra things that are interesting let's read their hero real quick it's not amazing but it it might be good in some cases um it's called polymorphic algorithm action choose a planet that has a tech spec in a system that contains one of your units uh destroy any other player's units on that planet gain trade goods equal to that planet's combined resource and influence values and gain one technology that matches the speciality uh of that planet obviously the weird part of that is like it has to be a planet that you have units in that you don't control yeah. already it's uh, in order to be useful. It, it's not a major late game play, but you didn't need it, right? You had a major right. late game play. Your major late game play is do whatever you want and your home system's going to be fine because your flagship rules. So yeah. they didn't they didn't need a good hero to, to do anything. Their their mechs are also kind of whatever, but but again, it's that's not what it's about with Necro. It's about this crazy economy that just never stops. And right. Muak got some cool economy tools, but it it's nothing compared to what Necro has, right? I mean, we, we have yeah. to let Necro move forward. Um, it's gotta be it's gotta be Necro, but Muat, you let, let's you everybody also keep their eyes on re- Muat. Yeah, Muat Muat I think there's there are people out there that are looking really close at Muat thinking that there there might be something none of us are seeing too. So I I'm, love I'm how well I love how well rounded they are now, yeah. but the Necro machine has only gotten worse and worse to, or worse and better. worse. Better yeah. and better, I should say. I mean worse if you're anybody else, I guess. Yeah. Um but I, I do think that there is a chance to I just want to go ahead and throw this out here as a loose prediction. I think there's a chance that Necro may actually have become the greatest faction in in the game period like a kind of jolnar absolutely the best i think as we Uh, start breaking the game open more the tricks of sar and titans are going to get less and less impressive and the just output of necro is going to become truly terrifying yep next up so we yeah. have the L1Z1X versus the Ghost of Krius. Now, the Ghost of Krius was our major upset of round one. So can they contend with all of the no, new tools in L1's arsenal? No, L1Z1X. Definitely not. Uh, they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is an easy round, actually. Um, the big thing is L1 was already great. We probably always overly rate L1. If anything, we were right. finally starting to kind of fall back on them. And then mm-hmm. all of their problems got solved in Prophecy of Kings. They have no weaknesses now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, their commander gets past <laughs> planetary shield, which was the whole like kind of problem with them. They have like a like a wildly like kind of good agent that just lets them get their yeah. mechs out and their and their mechs just add more bombardment right. into the equation. They are now like bombardment experts and yeah. they can basically do it anywhere and it's in a way that I don't consider a win more. I just consider the fact that that now L1 has like a little more versatility in that they've got these mechs all over the place they've got their dreadnoughts and um they can kind of make the the hero 
go even farther uh, than it ever has, really. And and on top of that, they have a great hero. Yeah, um, their hero is surprisingly good. It's like, I want to think it's not, it's like as unimpressive as Barony's, and it's not at all. It's like actually no. a pretty major game winner. It's a little bit slower than some, but it's totally. still amazing. Like, it, it's two turns and you've done some crushing game-winning maneuver. It's, it's a funny, late game it's a late game play, yeah, basically. Exactly. It's yeah. a, it's a major late game play. What's funny too about L1 to me is like the other big hang up we used to have is like is inheritance systems good or not? Just doesn't matter anymore. Now doesn't we just don't care about inheritance yep. systems. <laughs> Everything else is good. All other tech is good. We get super dreadnought two kind of like right away. We get whatever yep. good tech path we want. We're probably like a blue red faction, but we can be almost anything we want. It's crazy. It's crazy how good L1 Z1X is. And I'm I know that we said that at the beginning of TI4 base game, and I don't care. L1 is ridiculously good. They don't yeah, have they the also, same kind of economy stuff like Necro does, so I don't think they will have a lasting... But, like a, but, but Matt, their economy got better. Cybernetic yeah. enhancements it's got so an improvement. Good. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. a reliable sell every single round without fail. Now, that's not right. everything. I mean, that's like a couple, you know, two or three trade goods around or whatever, but still, that's, that's not nothing. But yeah, um, L1 is awesome and definitely moves forward. Ghosts, uh, you barely made it out of the round you were in, um, but we still believe in your little heart uh, that you, you're going to do great things in POK. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Good good job, L1, and good job, Ghost, just for getting this far. Yep. Um, all right. Soul was going to lose to L1, too, just so everyone's clear. We, we, we did some goofy stuff in the first round. L1 was right. going to beat Soul, for sure. Yeah. This was all. Yeah, we, we never we knew that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so... Uh, uh titans of old versus barony of letnev yeah interesting yeah yeah well let's move on (laughs) sorry barony (laughs) well let's let's talk no i know we we absolutely have to talk about titans we haven't yet but we talked about how barony stuff is their their skill is all what they had before and very they gained kind of weird stuff and nothing amazing titans is a new faction but titans have no weaknesses as a faction, they have no weaknesses. Their only their only thing that slows them down is like they are a little bit pigeonholed into their sleeper strategy of like making that right. system work. But it's such a good system that who cares? You'd probably do it anyways. Like, yeah, I I don't know if I would go so far as to say that they have no weaknesses yeah. because that there there are definitely ways around it. Yeah, but it's it's just it's very solid and the it's like weird it's it's we talked about argent flight being like a a better version of extra but to me titans is like if you took extra and then slammed it together with i I don't even know what i I would say soul here's my feelings on titans titans everyone's afraid of right now for good reason but also titans don't necessarily have any tricks that push them into the late game they're just wildly crazy defensive and their cruisers right. are probably going to be pretty good in the late game. That's like, like they solve the cruiser problem of like, well, I can't send two cruisers that are fully loaded to go take a planet. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do that with Titans. So they have that going for them. And that's really good. Um, but that's not the same as so many other factions tricks. So the question really is going to be whether or not their defenses lead to enough opportunity for offense. And that's hard to say. I, I think the, the argument I'll continue to make is I think titans in a winning position are unstoppable but titans don't always get into a winning position sure yeah um yeah they 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 very much have a a very solid uh foundation and it really just comes down to like what is the relationship between their play style and you know your kind of average uh 
you know, public objective reveals, right. basically. Right. Like, and is there a lot of matchup there? It definitely doesn't feel like an extra situation where they're not going to be able to score enough to make up for their defensive thing, right? Yeah. Right. But right. what is the relationship there exactly? And obviously, I mean, they have to win this round. So so yeah. they are going they through. They win this round. The the funniest thing about Barony, it's like Barony, oh, Barony's coolest thing is NES dreads with like Duranium. Okay, well, if I put Duranium on my Saturn engine twos, I'm going to absolutely crush a Barony fleet. I will right. I will walk right through them without even thinking twice. So yeah. uh, very, very scary. Um definitely a major faction most people's number one honestly uh, right right um okay so next round this is an interesting matchup um yin brotherhood versus the nalu collective mm. so nalu collective is still riding high on that zero token um and it's the fighters it's the extra fighters versus the extra ground forces yeah and, it's well, interesting i mean yeah. the ground forces are what you actually need right and yin I, I would almost call Yin the most impenetrable faction at this point. They they don't necessarily they still don't necessarily have tools that like get them where they need to get quickly. But what they've what they've gained in POK, I would say, is the freedom to more directly explore that. Right before it was like, right. do I go blue? And now it's like, go blue because all the other stuff is solved <laughs> for you, right. and you're gonna be fine. So get the blue, get out there, and and get where you need to be. Um. So I I I mean I think Yin definitely tops out nalu let's let's talk through kind of what they have and what makes them so defensive see so i'm less certain i'm less certain than you okay, so, okay. so let's let's let's, let's, let's definitely talk let's walk through, through it. it uh brother mylor after a player's destroyer or cruiser is destroyed you may exhaust this card if you do that player may place up to two fighters from the reinforcements in that unit system i think that's a really cool agent i have not seen it hardly used at all ever right in any game yeah i mean it's it is it's a weird one but theoretically it could be cool but it doesn't do anything but where where things get interesting is brother omar their commander this card satisfies a green technology prerequisite you may produce one additional infantry for their cost these additional units do not cost against your production limit uh and it's a green skip the green skip is interesting with also how brother omar unlocks which is that you have to use your indoctrination ability which you don't necessarily look for opportunities to do round one and two it's not always right. a thing that you do but like you want brother to get the real use out of brother omar you kind of need to get it as fast as possible like in theory you're getting neural round one and then round two you need to have your commander unlocked so that you can skip to hyper that would be like the main play or skip to yin spinner maybe um right but that's kind of difficult that's tricky to pull off um so I, I can't call it reliable um but the ability itself is amazing even once you do get it uh, producing an extra in infantry for their cost that doesn't count against production limit is wild and people want that somebody at your table wants but, your alliance but here's sure. the thing is it worth going out of your way to get an indoctrination it no like I, but, but i think by at case. some point in the game you're getting it right by by round three, you're probably getting it because you're gonna do an I, you're gonna do an indoctrination as Yin. You need I don't to know. Go I, take I have planet. seen in my yeah. games a little bit of trouble getting Brother Omar out activated. I, I do think. I mean, I think that's gonna routinely be the issue with Yin's new stuff. Is like not all of it hits the table when you need it to. Um, right. But I will say their hero is ridiculous, and that's where everything kind of falls apart for for selling yeah. points for me. That hero to double up all of your infantry stacks. Is, yeah, it's basically um, Rise of the Messiah. It's turn basically. off. It's way better than Rise of the Messiah, and it's, yeah, it's basically turn off Yin's slice as an option for any of the players. No one's getting through that stuff. 
Right. Like it's just over. It's not a game winner for Yin in terms of giving them access to new points on the table. So I can't make the argument that I never, you know, I never give extra or Argent Flight that argument. It's a defensive ability. But the theory is you've left your slice completely empty of ships, the thing Matt does all the time. But I double up all my infantry. It doesn't matter. All of my ships can be out on the front lines doing stuff that matters. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. I, I, I think I think that it has to be in that goes forward. I think this is a closer match. It is. Though, no, no, than some of the others. But it's so tough with Nalu because, again, Nalu is only being carried by that zero token. Everything else in their arsenal is, like, decent to pretty good. But nothing I, if, is great. I'll, I'll say this. If the commander ability had been the agent ability instead, you may produce one additional fighter for the cost. Yeah. These additional units do not cost against your production limit. Like, if it was just easier for them to get fighters out from the get-go. Yeah. I think that would have been enough for them to get a little cookie and actually be uh, really, really good. Maybe so. With the zero I, I, token. I just so wonder what Dane's like. I don't know the thematic stuff that's going on with Nalu anymore. Like we get um, to peek well, at the agendas. We get to steal people's promissory notes. I mean, I, I, I get the, the story theme. I don't get what I'm supposed to feel like I'm doing as a play. Like what my, what my tactical theme is yeah. as Nalu anymore. Uh, it feels right. like I'm I'm stretched in like multiple different directions, and there's no clear path of how I'm supposed to play Nalu. Yeah, That's... I think I think as a you know this is supposed to be like a one v one between the two of them. I think that that's the number one reason why I have to give it to Yin. Yeah. But I think they could have they could have had an upset matchup and gone on to round three. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, yeah, that. I mean, Nalu is going to win a lot of games, but I do think because they didn't get any major superpowers that people are going to crush Nalu in more significant ways. The whole yeah. argument with Nalu was if they're even, they'll they're ahead. I think it's more difficult for Nalu to stay even now. They don't right. have anything keeping them even with everybody else, so right. they fall behind, and then the zero token doesn't actually do anything for them. Let's 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 move forward. So yeah. Yin go Yin goes through to the next round. The next match is University of Jolnar versus Emirates of Khan. What do we think? It's All hard. anybody wants to talk about is mm -hmm. that tech objectives aren't as big of a deal. So Jolnar sure. took a big hit. Um, Did they though? Jolnar still has research agreement. Research agreement probably got better because there's less rounds in the game. Uh, there's more random opportunities for people to get tech. So yep. Jolnar can be researching tech at weird intervals. So you can be, you're not just trading research agreement for when tech pops. Now you're trading research agreement because who knows, I might get a frontier token or I might get this or that. Um, and everybody's on like a race to get tech now because there's fewer rounds. You really do need to keep getting uh, everything going on tech. So research agreement got worth more. They still have well, I will say this. I, I will say this. So on research agreement, the verb is research, not gain. Sure. So yeah, that it might be might be a little like it might not actually get extra um, windows where you can use it. But regardless, there's just well, a I'm lot saying more it's money. extra windows because Jolnar technically like after Jolnar player research is a technology that will happen more often for Jolnar. Yeah. Right. Okay, There's sure, more sure, opportunities sure. within a round that you might research technology, whereas in base game, it's when tech pops, I'll research tech. Now it's like, well, yeah, sometimes it's when tech pops, but sometimes it's when I do this thing or that thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a bit more open ended. Also, their uh, their commander is low key ridiculous. Um, after you roll a dice for a unit ability, that's bombardment, that's plasma scoring. I mean, uh, that's space cannon or AFB. You may reroll any of those dice. Basically. 
you get lots of hits in space cannon, so you're super defensive. Right. Or if you focus on bombardment, like you're you you even more now more than ever, you don't care about the ground combats, right? That right. that was like before. It's pretty common for Jolnar to, to like focus more on bombardment over infantry because they suck at the infantry combat. Um, right. But now it's like, well, I'm gonna probably not miss any of my bombardment rolls, and I'll just go ahead and chew through your stuff. Also, the mech helps you with the infantry thing. If you make sure that that mech are are accompanying um, the infantry on planets that are important to you, a la your home system, um, and you know other planets, uh, then those infantry are not affected by fragile, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the mech is ridiculous. The, the hero is whatever. Uh, probably not going to be useful most of the time. You can like basically change out your tech. Yeah, who cares? But they didn't need it. Yeah. They, they, they didn't need, need it. Kind of thing. I will say this. What I like about the commander too is that the unlock is super easy. It's just own eight technologies. They start with four. So yeah, you're going to get that big that of a deal. fast. Yeah. It's pretty it's easy to do. to do. Um, if, if we're going to real quick pit it up against Hakan, I mean, Hakan's suffering from all the same stuff we said before, which is like you have to make the most of it with, with Hakan. They have got a yeah. great game winner, but the rest is like all up to you. Whereas Jolnar, it's not up to you. You have great stuff the whole game and you're going to do well. Did we mention that they have an advantage when it comes to structures too? Right. Like they, yeah. They... Right. What, one of the structure objectives is to have four structures uh, and they have three to start with. Now mm -hmm. the other structure objective is outside your home system, but one of them is just four structures and they're like basically done with that. So right. we gave Jolnar even more like, oh yeah, they lost that tech objectives don't happen as often, but we gave them another free point yeah. basically. Yeah. I, I would say they're still around the spot where they were at in base game, even though tech has been de-emphasized. Yeah. It's just, it's just that good. Yeah. Um, congratulations to, to universities of Jolnar. Mm-hmm. All right, this okay. last one is tricky. It's two new factions. It's our first uh, 1v1 of two Ooh, brand new factions that we don't get to have nasty. any assumptions. Yeah, this the Nazroka Alliance versus the Vool Wraith Cabal. I'm oh, really no. hot on Cabal right now. Oh. Now, I'm, I'm going to temper that. I'm going to do my best to temper it, but Vool Wraith Cabal do things for me that I need, and I've been waiting for Vool Wraith Cabal my whole life, turns okay. out. Okay. <laughs> let's uh we actually haven't talked about either of these factions yeah. at this point so uh but let's start with the nazroka so the nazroka are the exploration themed faction the common thing to say about nazroka at this point is that they 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 don't really feel like they have uh faction abilities until they get relics um and so it feels a little bit like it's kind of luck of the draw like whatever relics you get uh that's that's your real faction abilities but honestly a lot of the relics pretty good and yeah. you get as nazroka you get them really really fast that's the big thing um, I, I don't think the relics are particularly amazing but the right. big thing is a lot of them are more useful the quicker you can get them and nazroka right. gets like three by round two or three i mean they get them so fast it's really it's ridiculous it, it, it can be especially fast and they're 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 also very good at trading yeah um they just in general have an advantage uh, even though they're like uh, just a three commodity faction they have a very highly sought out promissory note that mm -hmm. allows you to purge only two relic fragments to get um, a relic. So like everybody's always going to want that. Um, their mechs are very cool in that they can operate in space and on the ground. Um, yeah. Although when they're in space, they lose sustained damage and they only hit two on an eight versus two on a six sure. with sustained damage. But still the versatility um, of that is is pretty freaking good. It's pretty wild. The uh, the The flagship plays along with the mechs in a way that I have seen 
just become disgusting. Yeah, it's like it's it weird. Like the flagship they did really well in the flagship tournament. I mean, it, it's it, th- yeah. that was a scary ability in just the flagship tournament on an actual board with normal fleets. It it crushes, right? And he, and you are just like it, it's what I love about Nazaroka is it's it's a mixture of a lot of really cool abilities. Yeah. Like they start with a mech. Uh, their mechs are very cool. Uh, they have an awesome promissory note. Um, they get to explore a whole bunch. Like yep. it, it is the the way all of their abilities go in slightly different directions, but then have this um, versimilitude together is yeah. uh, beautiful. Definitely. And I think that thus far, the way I have seen it play out with them it really just comes down to like, did they get, you know, one or two really solid relics in the early game that kind of helped them get uh, an economic advantage, which mm-hmm. they already were going to have anyways. Right. Did it help them further that to a point that it just got, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that okay. is my opening salvo for the NRA I, argument. I, I would like to begin my Vool Wraith Cabal eulogy now. Vool Wraith oh, really? Cabal. I, I really love you. I think you're a great. I think you're a great faction, um, but you, it's just not the same. So let's let's talk through why it's different. You, you okay. co- capture is uh, an exciting ability, but in practice, rarely especially amazing. Right? You have to win. You got to win these fights. I mean, you don't have to win them. You you, you got to just destroy them. But still, you got to go into fights to get these captures. So mm-hmm. instead, what Cabal ends up doing is relying on their agent to capture uh, units based on uh, players' commodity values, right? You may exhaust this card to convert their commodities to trade goods and capture one unit from their reinforcements that has equal cost, uh, equal or lower than their commodity value. So this is either Dreadnoughts, which in games with four commodity factions, this ability rules, or it's Carriers, and it's significantly not as good. Uh, Carriers are fine units, but like this is a big hit when you don't have a four commodity faction that you can use this thing on. Right. Uh, Their other way to get capture units reliably is their tech that they can research right away it's it's a one red requirement and they start with a red so it's not out of the way at all but vortex action exhaust this card to choose another player's non-structure unit in a system that is adjacent to one or more of your space docks capture one unit of that type from that player's reinforcements this is also equally kind of situational depends on what people park near you and you know all of that so both of these abilities that capture is not a reliable mechanic um, which means spending the captured stuff on plastic or tech that is what uh, cabal can do is not inherently reliable it's very good but it's just kind of like it's it's not a reliable enough thing their hero is a joke it is not a finisher at all it's barely useful and uh their commander is great their commander and their alliance are very sellable i would not call their uh promise or you know especially uh sellable so like they just they don't quite have an economy um, that is important outside of just like what capture gets for you, which is good, but it's just mm-hmm. not enough. None of it is enough. They're a great Mechatol faction, um, and in that way, they're going to win a lot of games. But outside of the Mechatol play, it doesn't seem to pan out to like a definite win. It just pans out to like, yeah, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, their stuff moves really fast because of their dimensional tears, but it doesn't always mean victory for them in the same Man, way that NRA came. You're kind of coming down so hard on them that it's almost making me want to defend them, to be honest. Uh, like, go ahead. I, this is my I mean, clever ploy. <laughs> I think I, I, I think you gotta you, you know you gotta mention that they have they have good space stocks. Yes. Um that are that they for some Aren't, reason have hard capped yeah. production, which is fine. Um 
It's more but, of a boom. They have crazy amount of fighters they can hold on, on their space docks, so you don't have to defend with... Uh, you, you can just build a bunch of fighters, and your home system will be very, very well defended. It's going to yes, be fine. Yes. Um, and anywhere you have your space docks, they're going to be probably pretty well defended because you can just real quick pump a bunch of fighters out and be fine. Uh, their, their mech is weird i don't even want to get into it it's another weird capture anything that deals with capture directly is like hard to equate at this point it's hard to know what to do with that power ranking wise i will say this we we played a game with mantis where he was playing as cabal and he just ran away with the game dominated us all game to an extent where so it does feel like if cabal gets too far ahead plastic wise there's almost nothing you can do about it because even if you kill all their plastic they just capture right you know they they they, if they use the flagship smart they basically capture their own stuff back and then you just have to like deal with the fact that yeah you killed it but they're just going to get get all their stuff back. you are right that the hero is kind of lame in that it's it's a random i mean it's, it's pathetic just like, i've never seen it do even a thing that shouldn't be it's not even worthy much. of like an agent ability like it i've never seen it do anything <laughs> so it far. could it, it there can could be a moment where where yes. it it goes hog wild yeah. and you just roll you know very very good but the right. fact that you have to roll to get the right thing yep. i don't know not very it's, good it's, um, it's not great. I, I just think they don't have as many reliable things as the NRA does. I think they have a higher ceiling. When they win, it's going to feel like they never, that nobody else ever stood a chance. Right. But NRA, I think, is going to win more often. I agree. I, yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up. And and also this, I just want to say, I think for me, this is a close match, but I, I am definitely tipping towards NRA. Um, and yeah. I think it's in closer the than I'm giving it change. credit for. Um, and, and, and that's probably because I'm overcorrecting for my love, my current love of Cabal. Yeah, um, but they're they're, they're they're good. But NRA is, uh, I think, one of the best new factions. Yeah, so. Whack. so that settles our second tier. Our second worst tier is the Vulwraith Cabal, the Nalu Collective, the Barony of Letnev, the Ghost of Krius, the Embers of Muat, the Nomad. Emirates of Akan and Mahakt Gene Sources. There are some surprises in there that I was not yep. not expecting. Uh, let's get into round three. This uh, we're, we're starting to whittle things down quite a bit now, so maybe some of these will go a lot faster. Uh, yeah, we've already talked about all these factions yep. at this point. Yeah. So first up is Clan of Sar versus Winu. Um, Winu got some crazy stuff. They have the best finisher in the game. But mm-hmm. I cannot, in good conscience, uh, put them above Clanisar, who was good nonstop throughout the entire game, right. everywhere that they are. Winu is good on Mechatol Rex, legendary systems, and their home system. Everywhere else, they're still like a vanilla slash not that great faction. Right. So right. Clanisar dominates wherever they decide to be at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Winu. Winu has a a a crazy hero, um, and then a crazy commander. But that is kind of the limits of it, whereas Clanisar is still top to bottom, crazy yeah. sauce, you know, very, very good faction that has to be completely eliminated from the game yeah, in order to deal with them. for them to not just win. Right. Um, so I, I, I and, and yeah, they, they got enough good new stuff that I think Winu's uh, kind of luck in yeah. this will have to run out here. I feel like I'm going to feel bad for this whole round because we're not going to talk maybe enough I mean, like i feel like we could have huge arguments about each of these but we're basically we're running long already and right. i don't want to like this next one is necro versus l1 and i think there's a good argument to have here but i yeah. feel like we've talked up necro's ridiculous power enough to like settle that even as good as l1 is it cannot contend with the well-rounded nature of necro yeah i right. think i think that is fair to say uh necro has uh 
ridiculous economic advantages and versatility that has probably gotten even better with the expansion because there's now yeah. more broken faction tech that they can pick up and then it'd be all right. weird. That's true, yeah. Th this fight is way closer than we're going to give it credit for in this conversation, but uh, it's it's got to be Necro, at least at this point in time, especially considering it, how much we think they're going to improve. Like, we think they're really great and we think we're gonna they're going to get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, this is kind of a, dis this matchup is like versatility versus uh, specific yes. goodness, which L1 has in spades. It specifically does a few things very well, whereas Necro, there's no telling yes. how good they're going to be in a year, right. um, and they're already great. So it's got to be Necro. Congratulations to Necro. Yep. Uh, next up is the Titans of Ol versus the Yin Brotherhood, two defensive powerhouses. Yeah. Uh, but Titans of Ol have that early game speed that yin doesn't which means titans of old puts themselves into positions that they can hold all game titans of old can get into a game winning position in round two and just lock it down and hold it all game whereas yin brotherhood has difficulty getting into that game winning position when i say game winning position round two i mean they get all of the stuff they need to have for the rest of the game right i can yeah. sit here in this wider than normal slice and coast for the rest of the game and yin right, brotherhood right. doesn't have that advantage to to just careen itself into a dominating position and you know the thing that we haven't mentioned with titans that is very good is that they are kind of a um they have exploration light in that they start with scan link. That's true. Um, That's huge. And they have a lot of reasons to reactivate themselves. Yeah. So the idea that they're also going to get like a solid relic, yeah. um, you know, is That's pretty a big high. Deal. Yeah. If, if we're going to give that, if we're going to make that a major uh, benefit to Nasroka, Titans of Ol is probably second place in terms of how quickly they get exploration stuff done. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a true. Big, it's, it's true. It's a big deal. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there is an argument for Yin being better than Titans at this point point of time yep. i think we will see how titans um pans out though yeah um, but yeah congrats titans this one's interesting universities of jolnar versus the nasroka alliance yeah. yep yep I, I i am willing i think people i think there's a lot of people that will have tanked jolnar low enough that they would say nasroka is better and i think there's arguments for how far jolnar maybe has fallen um but i don't i don't quite find all of the arguments valid enough um, so what are the I'll, main... I'll be, I'll, I'll be anecdotal. Yeah. I have seen more NRA wins than any other faction in POK at this present time. Wow. And, and it includes uh, a win from a player that was playing the NRA for the very first time. And yeah, they won, that's a big I would deal. say, pretty solidly. Right. I think there's something about NRA where they are a very good faction that is is now this isn't to discount anybody these are all great players that i'm that i'm referring to right now but there's something about them that it just clicks for yep. people and it clicks fast yeah um joel nar to me is the is a similar experience but you're almost given too many uh options basically yeah. um i i think i would narrowly tip it towards nra but that's I, all speculation i'm feeling it too i here's here's my last say for jolnar and why i think i'm gonna not give it to jolnar and, and it has to do with you still have that minus one and even though you've got a lot of tools to like negate it that minus one in a pok arena where there's a lot of control objectives and big fights on the table dominate the last round 
Jonar loses a lot of those fights. <laughs> right. It, whereas Nazaroka doesn't. Like, Nazaroka's flagship and mechs is going to crush everybody's chances. Not everybody, but, like, they'll crush Jonar's chances, right? If, yeah. if it's just the two of them against each other, Nazaroka is probably in a better position in the late game. Also, I'm so... I'm, I, I just love NRA so much that I am completely comfortable if what the the feedback from this episode is like, you guys overrated them, and then it turns out we did overrate them. Yeah. I don't care. That's fine. They're cool. Everyone should play them. And, and um, it, it, the last thing is, I mean, they have more potential for just free points. I mean, if they get the shard and the crown out of the relics, yeah. which is not yeah. that unlikely, I mean, if we're going to just try to make sure we make this case based on objective skill like that those are two objective that's two points that they got that jolnar didn't get right and right jolnar doesn't get free points right jolnar's not a good mechatol faction so they're playing the game the normal way they just have amazing tools in every other arena but that yeah. doesn't mean they get free points yeah and then love it does. though all right nra you go you go through wow. probably probably not correct but i don't care yeah um, <laughs> all right so that brings us to the semifinals. I, I want to go over that that tier again. So our, our yeah. what our B tier is Jolnar, Yin Brotherhood, L1, and Winu. That feels like a good grouping, though. That's that I'm comfortable with that. Yep. Jolnar in the same group as Winu. Yeah. We've definitely, <laughs> we've I mean, we've definitely got it right. <laughs> we've done. This is, this is a different game we're playing. All right. The semifinals. Oh, man. Sar versus Necro. We literally basically had this conversation earlier where we said we think Necro might be in a more dominating position later. Are we willing to say that that's enough to let us push Necro ahead of Sar right now? Well, it's a 1v1 matchup, right? Yep. So, so let's talk about what they got. Clanasar, great economy, lots of plastic. Necro, great economony, lots of plastic. <laughs> uh, what, is, what does Sar have as an answer to Necro's ability to accumulate lots of tech. Well, I'll say this much. This isn't an answer to the question you just asked, but we already said Clanisar literally counters Necro's flagship, which is Necro's sure. biggest game-winning ability. No, it's not a game-winning ability. Well, it's a game-locking their... ability. It's it's what sure. solidifies their victory, and Sar just will come take it from them. Okay, but is this about factions that win the game outright or factions that counter each other specifically sure. because if we're going that way then yes clanisar wins it handily but i think necro there's a chance that necro wins more games yeah it's tough to say if this if uh, i think i've gone back and forth and how i think about this in some matchups i've been like if these two were in a game together who would be more likely to win right but right. yes other times it has been so who the wins other thing the too most is, games overall is in the in the 1v1 matchup necro gets to get access to clan of sars uh tech yeah tech sar doesn't get to do floating factory too or maybe and they, and they do don't and... get to do chaos mapping either yeah. because if they do either of those the necro gets a hold of that and it gets weird for them man so sar is it's our a little more complicated seed. than hero beats the the flagship yeah this is interesting also let's are take you, a look are you at, are you leaning necro is that what's happening right now i am leaning necro because I think it's more it's it's versatility versus solid yeah, foundation, but and I think versatility might. Here's the other thing: Why isn't Sar versatile though? I mean, they get money as they Sar, move. Yeah, Sar, Sar is versatile. I just think Necro is more versatile mm. because of the uh, the wildness of all the tech. Uh, I, I want to push back on it because I think POK has become significantly more control objective focused, and I think Sar mm -hmm. has an inherent 
benefit to all of those objectives. All of those objectives, they have a way to score I mean, more I think reliably Necro, than Necro. I, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Because Necro always has an advantage on plastic. Always. Even even over... Well, not in the early... Not compared to... Sar round two versus Necro round two. Sar has more stuff. But I know, That's what, fair. I, I know what you're saying. But the, the, the game output, it's going to be Necro more so than Sar because they do not have to spend any money on tech. I don't know. I I, I I think Clan of Sars endgame state is more impenetrable than Necros, and that might be what pushes it for me. The fact that I don't need my home system and in most games can park in an asteroid field and be fully protected, impervious to damage, is better than the flagship. All right, but I but okay. This is this is this should have been the finals, is the point. Here hero hero versus the necro mech it gets a little complicated because the necro mech which we didn't really cover before yeah the way it works is uh during combat against an opponent who has an x or y token which is super easy to get if you're playing against sar yeah like you're gonna go after that and and get it if like sar would literally just have to avoid their faction tech which right. maybe they do i don't know but then you lose that whole chaos mapping is yeah. my ace in the hole thing right uh so if you have an X or a Y token on one or more of their technologies, apply plus two to the result of plus this unit's combat rolls. If I'm playing as Necro against Sar, I don't need this mech out on the field. I can use this to just compensate for the fact that you can get past my flagship. I mean, I can do it easily by just not, not focusing on uh, my mechs in the early game and then just building them all if yeah. it looks like that's where it, things are it's going. It's so hard for me to imagine how the landscape has changed in POK. I know in base game, Necro is in sizably better positions than Clan SR throughout the whole game, and I have no idea what that looks like in POK, but I maybe I'm going to let you have this one. I think I'm going to let you have Necro go through. Are you going to let me have it? Yeah, I'm going to let you have it. Hmm... Now I don't, don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> now that I'm handing I, it to you on a platter, you don't want it. Yeah. No. No. It was supposed to be that you fight back really hard, and then I give in to you, <laughs> and, and then it's it's your thing. But now you've kind of tricked me here. Um, let me look at let me let me look at Sar one more time. Just one more little gaze on Clan it's of Sar. Crazy man. It's crazy what they've got. Every single thing that they have is good. Chaos mapping, great. Floating factory, great. Captain Mendoza, super great. Raul Sarig, really good. Armageddon relay, but this is wonderful. This is, this is a this is about one v one. I don't think if I'm playing a SAR, I really want to be limited to floating factory one and a and production of five. Even with all this other stuff, mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to want to get floating factory two. And if if I've got floating factory two, Necro can get real real weird, and it's not great. And we actually. I think we called this wrong before. We have said in the past that Floating Factory 2 is not a big deal, mm -hmm. but but I've seen too many examples now of Necro getting Floating Factory 2 and actually kind of getting real goofy and doing yeah. no, nutty I, stuff. I, it I, totally I, happens. I am one that finds Floating Factory 2 easy to avoid as SAR. I don't think I need I it. I see. So it's that that is not a big talking point. You can kind me. of double up on floating factory you can just have two space docks in a yeah. thing or something like that right i'll be fine i'll find a way to produce enough stuff yeah you kind of you kind of when you do that though you kind of take away the advantage of the commander that you that if you're having to double up on floating he, factory. here's here's what i think i think in a 10 point game i think sar gets the advantage i think in a 14 point game necro 
walks away with it with ease. But I think the games go so fast in 10 points that Sar getting such a lightning fast start is a yeah. big deal for them. Okay. And Necro doesn't have that lightning fast start. Yeah. And that I, I mean, I, I'm going to be writing a dissent, but I, I'm going <laughs> to let you have this. So everyone remember, this is Matt's thing. Okay. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh -huh. All right. We got it. <sighs> I was able to get you back where I needed you. <laughs> exactly. All right. You wanted this. <laughs> of course, dude. It's always got to be. All right. It's always uh, got to be. Two seed versus uh, six seed. Titans of old versus the Nasroka. This isn't as I hard for me. I, I don't think that that Nasroka's uh, energy can go this no, far. No, like that we've we've carried them really far, but it's it stops it. it the buck stops at Titans of Old. Titans of Old yeah. are we just said almost not not as good, but like very close to equitable and exploration, and then better at everything else. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's just there. They're just, I mean, it's weird because I've seen Titans lose way more than I've seen NRA. NRA I feel like that's point. early. I feel like that's early yep. game jitters, though. Yep. NRA are really easy to learn and do well with. Titans of all are complicated, but crazy good but once you learn the system. It does seem, it does seem crazy good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to be Titans at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready to be that bold and say that NRA might be. Yeah. I, NRA Man. probably shouldn't even be where And it then is. it makes our finals. It makes our finals. Honestly, I thought we were going to avoid our finals being one and two seed, but it does end up being that Clannisar and Titans of all. Man, now I wish we had let Necro through. <laughs> well, see, that's actually that just between me and you. That's why I was trying to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, here I, we go. But the, the first seed versus the second seed. We didn't even need to do this whole episode. <laughs> it <laughs> Who's is better though? What is, what is the Titans S tier? Well, this is a one v one, and I think Titans actually kind of wins this matchup. Why is that? Uh, because, well, if it's a one v one, then like Sar can't do nothing to Titans. No, they can't. That, if, if we're yeah, if we're talking one v one in a game, Sar doesn't do anything to Titans. Uh, my my argument for for uh, Sar putting them number one seed was the idea that Titans of all can get into a crazy defensive position, but it's not nearly yeah. as indefensible as nomadic. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's not as good as I don't even need my home system. Like you, yeah. you upgrade that Titan home planet and yeah, it's very rare that someone takes it, but planet Sar just doesn't, didn't even need it to start with. I think, I think that's right. Actually. Yeah. I think, Sar is better at objectives. Yes. Is the problem. Exactly. Clannis, uh, Titans are good at space risk. They're the best space risk faction. Clannisar is the second best space risk faction and better and significantly better at objectives. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's got to be it. Weird. I think this is going to... Okay. Weird. So Clannisar is going to clinch it. They're going to be the number one faction. I still look forward to doing this in a year and and reevaluating where we where especially Nasroka and Necro fit. I think those two factions are gonna there's gonna be lots of conversations that need to happen with those two factions. I think that um I think that next time we do this it will be a proper tier list. Yeah. Um uh and, and this is like a goofy thing we did just cause uh Can't seemed like more fun and also everything's like less certain yeah. right now. Um so yeah, if it, the weirdness in this, we're we're aware. Don't you know, whatever. <laughs> Don't start um, with but, me. But but always remember, in the end, uh, Matt decided that it would be Clanasar. Um, <laughs> so he he's ultimately responsible for any any That's any funny. and all feedback can be directed specifically to him <laughs> and not to me. Um, I think I I think this all uh was fun and and made a lot of sense. Yeah. And I hope 
the uh, where we decided to get a little goofy uh, proves to be uh, prescient or or you know future proof. Yeah. But if it isn't, I it's fine. I don't care. Yep. We we rolled the dice. I want to thank all our weird bears: Farganess, T.G. Welch, Brian, Botbot, Callow, and Billy, Squeamishimu, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, John, and Rwise. And I want to thank our Space Kitties: Naderade, Patience as a Virtue, Polyphony Requiem, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Absol, Astoria, Visioness, Brave Sir Robin, Frank G, Carnal. My son is also Bort. <laughs> That's the best name. <laughs> CAC Junior, Envelier, and Sam Lee. Uh, thank you all so much for for your crazy support. This has been a wild month, uh, just in general. Uh, the Patreon has has been doing uh, explosively well, uh, and I just really want to say thank you all because it's yep. uh, really meaningful and really impactful on our lives. So thank you, thank you to all of um, our patrons. Real quick, some Patreon update stuff. Um, so Weird Bears, I got the shirts. Uh, they look better than I thought they were gonna look. <laughs> I have run into a weird situation with the patches. There is a patch delay. Um, my plan with the patches, I am not a, I, 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 this is not my expertise. And I realize that I may have made a, a bad plan. So there might be a little bit of delay in getting you your shirts. You're, probably, you're, not, you're definitely not gonna get them by Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm shooting to get you them by new year but it might be a little bit into the next year i i'm so sorry um as far as space kitty pins goes uh if you're a weird bear i'm gonna wait to send yours out but everybody else i'm gonna start sending them out next week uh so be expecting those in the mail um the hunter donaldson fan club stream is gonna be the twilight imperium player tier list that's already been revealed um we haven't picked an exact date yeah, for it tricky. we might try and fit it into the holiday spectacular depending on how that plays out yeah. i do not know how that will play out though uh and speaking of which the holiday spectacular is coming up it's on december 26th um at 11 a.m central standard time which is cool um and on the youtube this week uh you can expect quite a few things i'll i, I still need to put the unboxing video up um i want to put one of the pok games that we've played up uh so something one of those will be up or both or probably both yeah um and yeah, I, I that, that's that's what I got for you. Uh, I want to ask you to please give our show a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps increase our visibility and gets more people to know about Twilight Imperium. And, and it gives us more people to play Twilight Imperium with. So I don't know why you haven't done it already. It's like it helps all of us, man. But it also helps me. And I would really appreciate it if you did that. Uh, you can also find our website spacecatspeaceturtles.com for info about our Patreon. You can find our Twitter and Facebook and our Discord and all of that stuff uh, and figure out how to become a part of this community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's the tier list. What a, that, this was longer than I thought it was going to be. These were harder uh, calls to make than I thought that they would be. And it's yeah, funny because we spent realized... an equal amount of time just building the seed list. So we, we had these yeah. discussions twice, basically. Right, right. And I'll tell you this much. I'm looking at this thing and I'm realizing like, dude, we didn't, we, we didn't put Nomad through. I know. Are we stupid? Probably. I can't believe Nomad did. I'm already regretting. Yeah. Man. I'm regretting everything we've done. No, I'm, I'm really confident in our top eight. That feels fine to me. That top eight feels really good. Nomad feels like it's being left out. Nomad is but good. But I think that's okay. Nomad's Nomad is really, really good. good. Yeah. We probably messed know. up on Nomad. I mean, we definitely messed up on Soul, but who cares? Yeah, I don't um, care. Sardak Nor didn't get the credit they deserve. Uh, From Asarl, me, even. Asarl like probably didn't get the credit they deserve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Krius got too much credit. Barony may have gotten too much credit. Vulwraith Cabal may have gotten too much credit. That's a really tough one. I don't know where Cabal sits. So anyways. I'll say this. My last note is that um, this was probably all worthless, and you just listened to almost two hours of 
garbage. You can just throw it in the garbage. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.